This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Latchkey Kingdom. This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Latchkey Kingdom, which is a wonderful webcomic you can find at latchkeykingdom.com uh, by Nick Daniel. A- apropos is- of this episode, it is very Zelda inspired, although the humor is not uh, exclusively related to video games. No, not yeah, it's it's, it's about adventure and whimsy um, and charm, and uh, it's 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 wonderful. So uh, we're going to talk about that just a little bit later, but uh, head on over to latchkeykingdom.com and check it out. Well worth your time. Okay, Gary, before we get started uh, this week talking about Zelda, I've got just kind of some back-end network stuff that uh, I want to hip you to. Okay, let's hear it. All right. Uh, so, as you know, we moved over to Ghost Toast, so our ethereal net charges are going to be more affordable by a factor of uh, 6, 6.5, something like that, while increasing our storage capacitor count by, by 2. So, this means that in terms of downloads per megabyte, we're more or less the same, though this is invisible due to the auto-post settings on WebManger, which, if if you recall, uh, we had to switch to because there wasn't room at the inoutport.net.com.au.biz. Now, Gary, do you understand? Not at all. Uh, wait, well, I, I got it. Our storage speeds are McGoverned in the Nixon sphere by AGNU. That's A-G-N-U, or Accelerated GUI, or, or GUI, Nuevo Unit Drivers, that host our file protocols. It's the DNet X Wi-Fi procedures that allow us to approach hair tech speeds, uh, rather than, rather than tortoise. What, what's a tortoise? You know what a turtle is, Gary? Not at all. Ah, uh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Well. They're reptiles of the order Chaloni, or Testudines, that are characterized by a special bony or cartilaginous shell, uh, depending on uh, their, their environment, uh, that is de- developed from, get this, Gary, their ribs, and it acts as kind of a shield. Uh, one bit of trivia, uh, Gary, is that turtles hide treasure in their shells. Now, there's no scientific evidence that turtles feel pain, so it's not necessarily inhumane to just take a hammer and crack them open and take a look. Uh, kind of like little kinder eggs, if you're familiar with the German tradition. Now, I've been, uh, you know, I've, as you know, I've had my ribs cracked, and I know better than any stupid turtle how bad it hurts. But I, I'm a human being. I have rights and feelings and empathy and the like. So turtles are just these stupid little rock monsters that God forgot. I'll be goddamned if we just don't. Cool, 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 cool. Brad's here. Hey. Brad. Hey, yep, yeah, Brad's here. Let's just fucking record Watch Out for Fireballs. and No. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Brad Carey. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, which is an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Super Nintendo in 1991. 
um, as we focus on how I deftly avoided saying SNES or SNES. Uh, let, let, let me reintroduce. You heard him here. We're joined by a very special guest here, Brad Carey, who is one of our generous Kickstarter donors and the uh, the person who suggested that we uh, that we play and talk about this game. Hey, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I want to say at the top of this, thank you for uh, for, for making me play this game again. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and actually, yeah, I mean, it worked out well because I had, I had just replayed it kind of at the time, you know, mm-hmm. about a year ago. Um, and then, you know, Link Between Worlds comes in and all of a sudden I want to replay it immediately. <laughs> and then I found out I was doing it for the show. So yeah, uh, worked out great. That it did. Uh, so, Brad, you are a uh, you, you are a, a, a frequent participant on the Facebook page for the for, for the show, and have been for a good long while. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think I, I echo Cole's sentiments. Mm-hmm. Um, I this game was in my kind of consciousness because of Link Between Worlds as well, even though I haven't gotten a chance to pick that up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I'm looking forward to it. Does it pass the? Have you guys both played it? Does it pass the Brad and Cole challenge? Uh, so I. I think I played through the entire thing in like a day or two days because I just oh, couldn't wow. put it down. <laughs> um, I think it, like, it, it captures the spirit of Link to the Past in a way that like I didn't, I didn't really think was possible anymore <laughs> after every other Zelda game um, mm. since then. Um, and so like I, I started to replay it, didn't make it back through the whole thing. But um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't speak highly enough about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is currently sitting sh- uh, shrink wrapped on my nightstand, along with Pokemon X and Y, and my uh, 3DS that has been sitting charging for the past two months. So, well, yeah, make sure it's got a good, nice, good, good long charge. Yeah, yeah. Before you start up either of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I'm so spoiled by the Steam economy. Like, I just need to find forty bucks to put together mm-hmm. to pick it up. Like, I really want to play it. Um, I am excited because this is my favorite Zelda game. Yeah. Said. Multiple times, so I was yeah, also very happy to to replay this. Um, so good, so good. Uh, good, love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's kind of it's kind of silly to explain the mechanics of Zelda because it's such a um, you know standard in video game the kind of canon. But uh, here goes: um, <laughs> you play as Link, your young adventurer, and you explore the kingdom of Hyrule, kind of going through alternating between dungeons and overworld maps uh, solving puzzles collecting treasures and defeating bosses yeah. how many of those treasures are in turtles i can think of at least one oh uh, yeah there is there is definitely one that you have to bust open a turtle <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, um, well turtle sure, there's a dungeon you have to bust open a turtle so <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you do spend a lot of time breaking open turtles in this game <laughs> I, for, I forgot it so what we're referring to or at least or at least gary and i with that there was like a weekend web thing on something awful with a forum and like i've, I've been aware of it for years i could never figure out if it was a joke or not <laughs> it, it, it is a joke like those okay. are those are all fake but okay, it's good. about a society of people who <laughs> who think that there are treasures inside turtles and to get together on a message board to discuss it. I assume um, treasures besides delicious turtle meat. I, well, one besides of the one of the posts has somebody finding a heart, and he's like, "What is this? Some kind of like baby ruby or something?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby ruby. Oh man! Um, but that, that is that's always tickled me. Yeah. Um, so, so, so tur- turtle smashing aside, kind of the big gimmick of this game uh, is that there are two worlds. Two count them: uh, the light world and the dark world. Um, and kind of after a certain point, like after kind of like the plot twist where the game opens up, um, you get the, the ability to switch back and forth between them. 
um, and uh, they're kind of these shadow versions of each other, and uh, you are uh, using that dynamic of one affecting the other uh, in order to uh, in order to solve those puzzles and get to new areas of the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is much more complicated than its uh, predecessor, Zelda 1 and 2, and Nintendo included a sealed secret section in the original manual that had solutions to some of the tougher puzzles. Yeah. Um, I never had access to that, I don't believe. I'm, I'm, um, and, and I must have had one at some point, and I don't remember that at all, but... I don't remember it. I had a box copy of it, but it was like the greatest hits, like re-release. That might have just been in the original run. This that that was just like a pertinent detail that I saw, you know, in doing research yeah. on it. So, but uh, yeah, you know, that, that could definitely be. It harkens back to those days, you know. We we, we always lament the loss of feelies, uh, but uh, when when Nintendo would make a very strong effort, you know, even if it was just trying to sell Nintendo power to put some kind of guide material in the back, not just telling what the buttons do. Um, so this could just be uh, lamenting manuals, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, there's some interesting tactical stuff. Speaking of you know things that have just been lost um, that we you know, that I at the least very you know usually harp on. A Link to the Past uh, was kind of one of the first uh, special cartridges to come out um, for uh, for the SNES. Most of the uh, most of the previous cartridges uh, that, Nint- that Nintendo and other companies had made uh, were uh, um, four megabit cartridges, and this one was eight megabits. Um, so, um, and in order to even uh, make the most out of that, you know, because this is such a huge game, uh, they actually compressed a bunch of the sprites by only giving them eight colors instead of the usual 16. And there's some, like, weird leading bit stuff that they did to get that. <clears throat> and finally, something that I didn't realize until, until I read it, but um, in order to save memory space, you know, because you would have two full overworld maps, um, the dark world is actually just kind of an overlay or reskinning of the light world. Um, mm-hmm. They just like only had to keep track of like which objects uh, were, were were in there. So like that's a little bit of how they pulled off making this game as gigantic and huge and complicated as it is. The, uh, that that part of it, the fact that it's an overlay comes through if you. This game is really glitchy mm-hmm. and uh, has been out for a long time and is so well loved that a lot <laughs> of people have kind of taken it apart. And uh, you know, one of the, you can you can beat this game in, in three minutes by manipulating these glitches. That essentially has to do with kind of being a layer under. This, a sublayer under the light world, but mm-hmm. when you do that, the graphics mess up, and the game kind of gets confused as to which overlay is is prominent. <laughs> um, I recommend checking that out on YouTube. There's a you know people have just unmade this game, right. you know from a from back to front, like either you know glitch hunters and speedrunners and stuff, and it's it's one of the most popular speedrun games uh, because of that, <laughs> and it's really fun to watch. They did it in three minutes and eleven seconds as opposed to three minutes and twelve. New world record, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shaven seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is uh, considered a, a prequel to the original Legend of Zelda, but that doesn't matter. And you shouldn't <laughs> concern yourself with the Zelda timeline. Yep. Um, I think that that's crazy. And that, that way matters. If you want to go subtly insane, like, it's worth checking out the timeline, but it's not worth thinking about it, like, yeah. in any way. I See, brought it up. Kind of, it's kind to, of like, interesting as a out. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But it, it's not, like, it, it's not the primary concern for this. Like, oh, I, no. this, yeah, we, we've hyped. You know, harped about this a couple times, but like, you know, Nintendo, the more kind of uh, storyline they add to their principal franchises, I think kind of the worse they get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this game even, you know, as much as I, it is my favorite Zelda game, um, there are, there is a lot of text that you have to kind of hammer through <laughs> that, that is really boring and doesn't really need to be there. And, and um, God help you if you hit not at all. <laughs> it was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the uh, uh, it is it is a prequel though technically, yeah. 
But, yeah. Hence the hence yeah. the title. It, it, it was called uh, Triforce of the Gods in Japan, but uh, Nintendo yeah. of America said no, no, no. Like Aghanim was a priest instead of a wizard, like all this kind of stuff. So like it was more religious. Ganon was the pope. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! You know, salesman was Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. we've gushed about it like a lot, but this kind of breaks our usual rule of going at beloved franchises from their most from their weirdest uh, entry first. Like this is. The most beloved Zelda game, and probably one of the most beloved games of all time. Yeah, if if things had gone a little bit differently, if Brad hadn't suggested this, we'd be doing Link's crossbow training right now (laughs) as our entry to the Zelda series. Yeah, that's That's way better than the CDI joke. Um. (laughs) (laughs) People worked very hard on that. Don't call it a joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but um, no. Like if if we didn't do this, I would have lobbied very very hard to do Majora's Mask. So, oh, or Link's Awakening. Like I, yeah. I probably would have. I, I yeah, I have it. a soft spot yeah. for. Yeah, Link's yeah. Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening was my was my first Zelda. Um, so it has Goombas in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, let's have chain chomps. <laughs> Two of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Link's Awakening is is great. Um, yeah, yeah. Majora's Mask is on that perpetual list of like at the time I played it, I really disliked it, and I feel like I need to go back. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah, me too. But as as we'll probably kind of explore in this, like playing this again really delineated for me what the reason why I prefer the the two D Zeldas to the three D Zeldas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you know, Majora's Mask, as much as it does have that interesting story stuff, like you know, it the the pacing is, is just different in a way that I'm not you know not as into. I think mm-hmm. you know yeah. so. But this does a bunch of stuff right, and we'll uh, we'll kind of elucidate uh, what that what, what exactly that was. Um, again, it's it feels ridiculous to say this, but it's the stuff we usually say. Um, you know, there was a whole bunch of Zelda games that came after this of varying quality. Um, you know, but uh, there is a direct sequel, as I mentioned, that Link Between Worlds, which came out uh, last winter, as of this recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. and uh, and and a Link's Awakening is is not quite a sequel, but it's probably the closest thing that we had contemporaneously yeah. with this to a, to yeah. a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, including, um, I put on Facebook today, that's a Teleview Zelda yeah. game. Oh, yeah. That's Which interesting realize, to me. Yeah. I didn't realize they had fixed it enough to actually be playable in ROM at all. Um, yeah. So I need to check that out. It looks neat. Like, it, uh, it, it uses a lot of the same environments, but, like, it has changing weather effects and, like, uh, you know, just a lot of, like, really cool little details yeah they like bombs don't explode if it's raining yeah (laughs) yeah puts out the fuse yeah that's great like what a cool little detail like uh you know so i I would have loved to have uh you know i'm gonna have to find a way to check that out yeah um brad what uh you know just kind of briefly talking about our history with this since it is so important um can you kind of sum up and and say what your your history is with it and why you thought this was a, a good game to bring to the show yeah um so it's like i started playing zelda on the first game original nintendo because my sisters owned it um inexplicably like my sisters had our original nintendo entertainment system and um they introduced me to video games and then you know i took off from there um they couldn't have cared less about video games after that but um so really the super nintendo was kind of like the beginning of you know me alone playing video games in the family and um yeah so i'm like always been kind of super nintendo kid and then um, you know, 
got linked to the past when it came out and just you know it's one of those games that every couple years i find myself revisiting it um and i think okay well i still enjoy it and every time i'm still like hey you know this game this game is amazing um and so uh yeah that's kind of the the big thing is just that i it has kind of never gotten old and you know has this pure nostalgia to it um it's just kind of by pure dumb luck that you know link between worlds came out and mm-hmm. had you know a very similar effect and kind of <laughs> elucidated that feeling as well um so yeah that's kind of mm. my my background with it um and i'm sure we'll <laughs> discuss more later you know it's like I've, I've tried to revisit the 3d ones and i can i can kind of never bring myself to dive into them in the right way pacing wise doesn't work but this and original legend of zelda i can go back to and you know enjoy yeah time after time and and to be fair like i don't think the three ones are bad games i think part of it's no, probably yeah. like the, the virgin effect you know like just whatever you came to first yeah and yeah. i mean yeah and like ocarina of time i loved it at the time but like i tried to play it on the 3ds and i just i can't get through any of it like yeah. I, just doesn't doesn't capture me in any way. Mm. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Well, for me, my first Zelda game, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was a, a, a Link's a Link's Awakening, um, and uh, I, I loved that just to death. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I came to this relatively late. I think when I was like in uh, second or third grade or something like that, like uh, you know, towards the tail end of the of the SNES days. Got it on a uh, um, like re-release kind of thing you know where it was where it was cheaper and uh dove into it wholeheartedly um the the the, the tragic thing so did you guys ever have an snes cartridge that uh if you jostled it at all it uh erased your saves uh, i did not have that experience yes so that happened with me um a couple of times with final fantasy 4 um but uh I, <laughs> notably i never beat uh, links uh, link to the past on my first kind of like go at it when I was real young because I got frustrated in Turtle Rock and mm. um, I slammed down on the power button you know as you do when you're a, when you're a kid and don't you don't value your things and uh, the next time I turned it on um, my save was gone and I think I traded mm. it into a Babadiz for like three dollars because I was so disgusted <laughs> yeah trade in for a copy of. I, don't know, I was trying to just off the top of my head think of something terrible for press <laughs> yeah. NES that could have been you know yeah you could trade that in for yeah and I didn't touch Zelda again until uh, Ocarina of Time which I played uh, during a six week period when I had pneumonia um, mm. <laughs> and I was out from school and uh, I spent most of my time sleeping or playing Ocarina of Time sickness is so good for games back then I know right <laughs> like <laughs> just like oh man. Oh boy, you got pneumonia. Let's, let's get this party started. I might die. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's like, I'm going to leave a, at least leave a, not maybe not beautiful corpse, but an, entertained an entertained corpse. corpse. Yeah. Hopefully you die and leave an entertained corpse. Yeah. Somebody kill me while I'm smiling. Um, oh, Jesus scared me. <laughs> also, like every, every time I talk about somebody dying, you say, oh, Jesus. Like an old, uh, like, what is it? Like Louis Armstrong quote or something like that. There's like an old jazz musician who said that. It's a, it's a joyful expression. I know. Um, the, uh, I, uh, I, uh, played the whole series, like, uh, leading up to this point. Like I'm, uh, a little bit older. Um, so I, you know, I played original Zelda when it came out, um, or when I, you know, first got my Nintendo. And then, uh, I've always been kind of a weirdo defender of Zelda 2. Mm-hmm. I think that game's actually really good. It's just a little too hard. Um, 
I don't know. But, the pacing uh, so, of it's just way too different for me. The pacing is, is closer to, it's actually interesting because the pacing is closer to the 3D Zeldas. Mm-hmm. And when I say pacing, I mean, I'm, I'm specifically talking about how like in the 3D Zeldas, when you fight a monster, it's like a duel mm-hmm. as opposed to this, which is more arcadey. Yep. Um, which is, that's the, the pacing thing I'm talking about. So in Zelda 2, you do have to slow down and kind of consider an enemy and, and dodge and jump and, and do these things to get around their shields and stuff, which is something you don't really have to do in this game. Right. Um, but, uh, so when this, when I knew this was coming out, you know, I had a, a real storybook lead up to this, you know, saw advertisements for it and saw TV commercials for it. And, uh, but, you know, being a little kid and having no money, um, could not afford it. And, uh, Ultimately, ended up stealing this from a rental place, um, <laughs> renting this from a video store. And then because of my broken childhood, we moved all the time. And uh, I knew that we were moving. And I knew that, uh, you know, well, we're never coming back to this town. Um, so there's a video store in, in uh, Chabonau, Illinois. I rented this from and then just never looked back. So this um, and then one of the G.I. Joe NES games, <laughs> um, both of which um, I acquired. So, so yeah. good times. Was this the same um, uh, the, the, the the same the same place with the guy who showed you the porno gifs? No, that was a, that was a video game store. Okay. in my actual hometown. This was uh, in in a smaller town that where I lived with my aunt mm. um, for a little while. And uh, this was this was I think it was uh, if I recall I think it was a Casey's General store, <laughs> which are little convenience stores in the Midwest that have just terrible fucking pizza. And, uh, and sometimes, sometimes we'll rent video games and games or, and, uh, and movies. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I stole this. I wanted this bad enough to, to steal it. <laughs> and, uh, and then lost it and ended up rebuying it. And it was one of the first things I got on the virtual console. And I bought the, the Four Swords, um, you know, when that came out for GBA. And Blah. yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> the, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to play Four Swords that much. Yeah. No, I, no. Uh, I just, uh, that, like, I, I, uh... I tried replaying it for 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 the uh, for the game, but the fact that they added the link <laughs> every time you hit oh. your sword, like oh, that, God. like yeah. like that, just makes it. it I just can't. Like I, yeah. I, I'm fine with them adding like Mario voices to uh, Super Mario World or whatever in those, but just the fact that your operative verb, like that's all Link can do, is you swing yeah. his sword and it makes the most annoying <laughs> sound whenever you press that button. Like I, I cannot abide that, and like that, like that was the way that I originally beat this game. Like that—that that was my experiencing this in full. But like going back mm-hmm. to it, I just can't. Yeah, it's it's not optimal at the yeah. time. It was just chart, you know, mm-hmm. novel enough to be able to play it on the go. Yeah. So that that was all it all it took. But mm-hmm. yeah, my my favorite uh, favorite Zelda game, and really up there in my uh, you know top three Super Nintendo games. Yeah. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Yep, it is uh, nice and minimal. Um, although Shut they're, up. They're... Now let's talk about the gameplay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up, Navi. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, listen. Um, um, okay. But uh, there, there's a little bit of backstory that sets up some of it, right? You're like, you know, you have to, you have to know why the princess is stolen. You know, maybe, maybe she was a real jerk. Who knows? Uh, so, so long ago, there was this place called the Golden World, but the dark wizard thief named Ganondorf waged a war on the sacred land to obtain the Triforce. This artifact grants the wish of anyone who finds it, and Gan- Ganon's wish turned the Golden World into the Dark because mm-hmm. he wishes that trees were more interesting and yeah. <laughs> you know, that, uh, that there were more Hamburger Helper mascots walking around running stores and shit and one guy would stop playing his ocarina and just turn into a tree yeah like it's so annoying like he's, he's got a house over down by the, by the ocarina forest 
He only knows that one song. Uh, <laughs> in the uh, so in the present day, uh, the wizard uh, Aganim has captured Hyrule Castle and started collecting maidens from across the land, including Princess Zelda, and is up to Link, a young warrior, to go into the Dark World, rescue the seven crystallized maidens, and defeat Aganim and his alter ego Ganon. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was the first game that I realized Ganon's full name was Ganondorf. It might be the first time that they that they put it out. Like they, it actually says it. I was I was surprised when I when I, when I went back and played it again. It's like oh, like that wasn't just something that they did in uh, Ocarina when they were trying to build out the lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Ganondorf. Ganondorf, the less <laughs> the less successful sibling to Steven Dorf, <laughs> the regular Dorf, <laughs> the golf. <laughs> no. Okay. There are Ganondorfs and regular Dorfs. Ganondorfs. <laughs> Steven Dorfs. Mm-hmm. Why am I referencing that actor? I don't. I only know what movie he's Blade? been in. Yep, I, I did just watch. Blade. <laughs> no, I didn't just watch. Blade. Was he in The Rock too? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember I'm more Blade rock. literate than Rock literate. So, and literate is the the appropriate word <laughs> yeah. for that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What reading there is involved? <laughs> well, if you watch it in subtitles. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a moving book full of Wesley Snipes. <laughs> it's like a, it's like it's like a storybook. To be fair, Blade is based on a book, whereas The Rock is just based on I don't know <laughs> Michael Bay's Fever Dreams. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Sean Connery's you know midlife crisis. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh huh. So uh, this game is kind of uh, told in two acts. Um, there is the, you know, the first part where you're kind of going after the master sword and then everything after that. Um, and the first, the first part, like you're, you're not really aware that the dark world is a place, is a place where you can go. Right. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't know anything about it. Right. Like you just think it's going to be almost like not, I mean, not a remake, but it, it feels very similar to Zelda one. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to go rescue the princess. Yeah. You know, screen by screen. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the way the act structure work reminds me of, um, like a final fantasy game. Like the way that Final Fantasy games oftentimes open up, like, oh, we're the Returners. Oh, wait, no, we're not. You know, oh, we're we're Avalanche. Oh, no, we're not. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's that kind of that kind of structure because it, it takes a, about the same amount of real estate. You know, it's like the first quarter of the game or so. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. spend doing that, but it starts out on like a more cinematic beat than uh, the, than the original Zelda uh, does, um, and maybe even more cinematic than than, than than two, even though you're not just starting on a blank screen in two. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, your, your uncle wakes you up and says, hey, I have to go to the castle um, yeah. <laughs> in order to stop some evil. And then you're, all you're left to do is chase after him under cover of night and in a storm um, where you mm-hmm. do not have any bombs yet, so you can't see if the fuse goes out. But I, I'm sure it would. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, and, and this is, it's, 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 really, uh, it's really dramatic and kind of nice. Like the, the rain, you know, is a nice effect. And uh, and you just get up just to get up. Like it's not even you know you're getting up because it's a it's a video game and you want an adventure. Mm-hmm. There's not really a reason for you to to do that, but it doesn't matter as right. we've we mentioned. Yeah. Um, you follow him, and and the other thing, like nobody's hostile at this point. Right. Like this is really the only look you get at high you know high roll when it's normal. Yeah. Like day to day, like this could be a day in the life of these people, um, because after this point, everything wants to kill you. It's kind of like the beginning of Earthbound because there are like roadblocks set up by the castle guards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, got that's the same fair. kind of at night, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like getting up in the middle of the night to go investigate something. You can actually go south to the the swamp mm-hmm. at this point and uh, kind of explore around there, which is a uh, you know kind of an odd thing. And there's some some glittery that happens if you if you get down there and kind of get into areas where you're not supposed to go yet when it's raining. 
that are kind of that's kind of neat. Um, but if you're following following the critical path, oh, and you're also Zelda's tele- talking to you telepathically mm-hmm. constantly during this part too. Like, uh, just come come help me at the castle. So she guides you to this uh, you know pit uh, next to the castle <laughs> um, under a bush. Yeah, and uh, and you you head down to find your uncle who has been uh, been stabbed or <laughs> otherwise. You know, indisposed. Yeah. <laughs> it fell over. There's nothing else there. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I twisted my he, ankle. <laughs> he broke his legs jumping down that pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's going to be in the hospital for a while. Yeah, Link's got fall control. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, he's going he's to be in the hospital, which is two two kingdoms over. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, your, your uncle's going to go play. He's going to go play at a farm. Lots of room for him to run around, dig. Yep. Um, <laughs> Chase after squirrels. Yeah. yeah, he does come back. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he does. But, uh, <laughs> uh, around the time when a Link Between uh, Link Between Worlds came out, people were saying, "Wait a minute, the uncle lived? That's crazy. He was like super dead." It's like, no, actually, in the, in the credits, it, it it totally says he's like back. It's like you and him, and you have surpassed him. In, yeah, you in give him you give him your old shitty sword. Yeah, so he can do the fun little uh, sword. <laughs> no, you, you, know, give, you give him his sword back. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. it's your it's your like old hand me down. Yeah, you know, garbage sword. That nobody would want anymore. Yeah. Um, the important thing though is you get the sword and he give he teaches you the uh, charging technique. Mm-hmm. The uh, the one big difference, you know, as much as this is very similar to Zelda mm-hmm. One, um, the fact that your sword travels in an arc mm-hmm. is huge. Like I, I recently played replayed Zelda One and it is uh, it is much more difficult. The fact that you can just kind of stab forward mm-hmm. and uh, th- yeah. this is huge. Like allows you to kind of come at people from uh, kind of flank them um, to attack them. Yeah. And. Uh, and the side that your shield is on matters too, because if it if it hits your shield at rest, um, then it will. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's just like the, the, those those weird tactical decisions that you may not realize that the construction of the sprite is telling you to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like you know, with with, with the bush pit. Uh, man, I probably could have said that better. But like you know, by by having like leading you through there, like the game just does such a great job of kind of teaching you, like, hey, there's going to be stuff hidden. Like, you know, like the the critical path through this game is not going to be entirely apparent. And if you weren't coming into this with the inclination to, you know, lift every rock and cut down every piece of shrubbery like you ought to, because because Mm -hmm. this this is how you make progress. Like, yeah, and the the game continuously shows you that, too. So it it shows you through this beginning part. Oftentimes you'll see like a heart container up on a a ledge and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, how do I get up there? You know, they do that kind of thing. Like, you know that you can get up there. The trick is to figure out how, and the way is not readily apparent. Right. And, uh, and I think this game hits the, the exact sweet spot I want for that, for the level of kind of obfuscation of, of this stuff. Like it is sometimes kind of tricky, but never frustrating, you know? Yeah. And they don't have, they, they don't have an exposition bug that explains, you know, press A to jump onto this ledge. Right? Yeah. It never tells you, you know, yeah, like yeah. a bug doesn't just go fly and say like, Use these stairs to get up here, mm-hmm. or why don't you try this lever? Yeah, you know, like uh, what a novel idea you learn by doing things. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the the dungeon is a pretty good uh, pretty good tutorial. You know, you're using this little lantern uh, to light some torches, uh, and that's how you solve some puzzles. Um, and you know, when we say puzzles, usually what we're talking about is you know pushing blocks in certain ways, or you know lighting up these torches, or killing every enemy. And you're not finding too much difficult, you know, too many difficult things down here. Just like the bats, which are called keys, and then a couple mm-hmm. of these, a uh, couple of these knights, which have uh, spears, which like in Dark Souls, 
um, you know, keep you at a distance and make it hard to do damage on them before they do, they do damage to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one of the things I love about this area um, is how much like the uh, the kind of personality and the, the animations and everything. So this area, the the first area south of your uncle, mm-hmm. um, there are no guardrails. So you can knock enemies off the ledge. Yes. And when they do this Looney Tunes-esque, like, running in place for a moment yep. before they fall, it's, like, so charming. Like, I, I just spent so much time doing that when I was young. Like, that's how I killed everything. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, I was knocking. Yeah. Every time I play through that area, it's like, okay, how many guys can I knock off a ledge? I don't want to kill them any other way mm-hmm. for exactly that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just fun. And it just, it's, it's cute and, like, you know, satisfying. Like, the, the combination of kind of sound effects and, and the visual like just feels right. Yeah, it's just, it's just the right amount of detail to bring enough character to the proceedings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, after you kind of make your way through this, um, there's there's sort of a boss fight um, in the the way of this guy with a ball and chain yeah. um, who is guarding Zelda, but he's luckily right next to an area where they've locked up some pots. Um, like the, <laughs> this, is, this is where we put princesses, and also misbehaving jars that we don't like, and uh, you can just throw a couple jars at this bad boy. Um, you also get the boomerang. Oh in, yeah, uh, yeah. In this dungeon, um, which is super useful and and satisfying as well. Yeah, like again, this feels right. Like the same way when we talk about Zelda's jump physics, like I feel like the the you know the hook shot and the boomerang and the sword just feel right in this game. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you you can tell there was a lot of care put into making sure that they went just the right distance at just the right speed like that. That that is not accidental, Mm -hmm. that it feels right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you you know, you eventually, you know, you you, you got Zelda and she says, yo, there's this back way out uh, through the sanctuary. Totally not not, not a church, guys. Not a church. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but you escape and, uh, you know, the your, your your mission becomes clear. Uh, that, you know, you need to defeat Aghanim in order to bring peace back to the kingdom. I hate the uh, the music in the sanctuary. Yeah. Um, I, I That's something that I always I try to get out of there as, as soon as I can before too many notes from that start. <laughs> um, for the game, like, the game has, like, four songs or five songs, it feels like. Um, but they're all really good except for this one. Except for that one, yeah. Yeah, like, ponderous and, and obnoxious. I'm having trouble like remembering what that sounds like. Is that the one that's like it, it sounds like or- organ church music? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very slow. There's no percussion. It's like a very slow organ. Yeah, I'll cut some in. I put um, a marker there. So yeah. Huh. But yeah, this yeah. The, the it is now daytime, and the, the the whole of Hyrule Field is open to you. And you know, much like uh, the, the Magitek Factory in Final Fantasy VI and Sen's Fortress, this is one of my favorite uh, levels in any video game. <laughs> the the village specifically, or the, just this area when oh, you the, open up the overworld in Toto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, and also like the the whole of Hyrule is open for the most part, and then also the whole of Hyrule is after you. Yep. So at this point, the guards are after you, and uh, there's tons of tons of enemies, yep. and you can pretty much explore at your your leisure. Like you you have that kind of uh, Metroid blocking. You know, you can't get to everywhere because there are rocks you can't lift and stuff. But you don't actually have to do. You can do a lot of kind of side stuff right out the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like just kind of poking through every nook and cranny. Yeah, especially in the like like in this village and the game provides just enough like direction to you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like if you, you know, there is a map and, and Zelda and her little uh, counselor friend say, yeah, you should probably go uh, find Sahasrala. Uh, <laughs> Sahasrala. 
so, yeah, so you have to go find uh, the, the the village elder Sriracha um, in order to uh, in, in order to figure out how to defeat Agnim. And they put little markers on the map, right? So saying mm. like, "Hey, he was last seen in Kakariko Village," um, and this kind of like signposting continues throughout. Which again, striking that balance, it's not like go here in this order, go here in this order. And some people have like decried that the fact that it does tell you where to go that it takes away. You know, the possibility in Zelda 1 where you could go into, like, Dungeon 6 as your first one and be entirely uh, destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but but even still, I think that, you know, making it unintrusive like that is uh, is, yeah. is good. Well, they do it in the, the second world. Like, this first yeah. world kind of holds your hand. And the second world, mm-hmm. you know, you, I, I never do the dungeons in the, the proper order. Right. You know, for that. Like, uh, you know, you can, you the, it opens up a lot in the second yeah, world. So it kind of, you know. So the... Uh... It's nice that they don't, there's enough of a of. It's nice that there's enough handholding where you don't have the Zelda one effect of walking into the seventh dungeon because you really want the magic tome and just getting murdered, um, mm-hmm. thinking it's kind of the right place to go. Um, so they, they and I th- I think you can also so the fortune teller will give you hints if you kind of need them. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch that at all. Um, well, I don't, yeah, I don't have to touch that at all when I play the game now. But it's you know <laughs> nice to have kind of the option instead of. Your Zelda one cryptic hints that may or may not be translated properly, or may or may not make any sense. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, in this one also the especially in the dark world where it does become nonlinear, the dungeons are numbered, so you yeah. can assume kind of an ascending level of difficulty for them. That's not strictly true, but you can kind of you know okay, I know I need to you know I'd rather do dungeon two than dungeon seven at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to, and if you can get into it, you can do the later ones, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, see, the village I really like. This, uh, this theme has shown up, you know, in every Zelda game since it feels like, or a variation on this music theme. And, uh, you know, this is where people live in this world. Um, and lots of just like little, like charming character beats in, in this area. Yeah. There's like the little kid who gives you his insect net, uh, because he's sick. Uh, you have mm-hmm. to have a jar, uh, before you get that. And there's like a, yep. like a, like a, a, you know, a marketplace guy who has his, uh, who has his, blanket laid out and he gives you a jar for free uh, which is awfully nice of him um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's for free I think it's 100 rupees oh is it okay yeah, yeah. the um, this guy is actually interesting too he'll he'll buy things from you if you bring him a fish from the uh, from the swamp area <laughs> which is difficult you have to carry it over your head the entire time but he'll buy it from you um, he'll buy a golden bee from you if you get one of those which is a rare and a weirdo encounter that can happen sometimes. Yeah. And there, you know, there's no reason to ever do that. It's not an effective way to make money. And spoiler, like very early in this, I never needed money again. <laughs> like, you know, it just, uh, you find enough chest full of, of rupees that money ceases to become an option unless you're trying to max out your bombs and uh, arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really nice little touch that he'll buy things from you. Um, I think that for the fish, I think he gives you a variety of power ups. So yeah. like bombs and arrows and stuff like that. You know, I had forgotten until this playthrough that, uh, you know, if you talk to the wrong people in town, that <laughs> yeah, they yell to the guards and try to turn you in. Yep. Uh, yep. Because there uh, are that there are signs up. I mean, we, we, we mentioned yeah. a little bit, but you are a wanted man. And so there are guards who will just come at, come after you with their with their blunt tip spears. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, like to the south. There are just a bunch of like miscellaneous buildings. Like there's a little race course you can run um, in order to uh, in order to get a piece of heart. And these pieces of heart are pretty much the exclusive uh, domain of the overworld. And solving these little puzzles around them. Mm-hmm. And like coming back to this, you have like a spider sense 
little kid playground knowledge recollection of like, oh, like if I lift up here, there's going to be a staircase down and there we go. Yeah, I was I was when I was playing through the game, I was having that experience, whereas, you know, I have no idea what it would be like. You know, I can I can say that those things are signposted well, but I have them memorized, so I don't I can't say that reliably. Like I would just kind of know, oh, okay, this is where I need to go to do this. Oh, this is the bush. You know, I I grab the um later when you when you know, I was digging up the uh the flute, I grabbed down like the second dig. <laughs> you know, just because I remembered where it was and that's an infuriating part of the first time I played it. Yeah. Um, you know, so the uh uh yeah, you you do kind of like this stuff sticks with me or stuck with me at the very least, but the uh you can notably um all the heart pieces they're all, you know, the the counter part of them being so hidden is that they're all optional. They give you an advantage, but you can go through the whole game just getting the health upgrades you get from dungeons and be fine, you know. Um, so it's not necessary to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And going after them helps you experience more of kind of the indirect story of this mm-hmm. little world because a lot of what you're doing is resolving problems for these villagers um, mm-hmm. and for the people who are just kind of living off in the wilderness. And so, like, you kind of want to just because you do get to, you know, do these novel things and, you know, see these interesting sprites. Right. Yeah, I, I mean more than more of the ones that are like hidden in caves where yeah, you have to yeah, do, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. there, there's all kinds of them. I do all the side quests for the for the people for sure. And ended up beating this game or this level or this playthrough rather with uh, 19 of the the 20 hearts. Yeah. So I got too. a lot of them, but not all of them. Right. Yeah, I got 19 and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I actually still have my original playthrough from 1992 or 1993 on my cartridge. Wow. So batteries. Oh, wow going strong uh, <laughs> apparently uh, but uh and on that one i had 19 hearts so huh. on this Just, playthrough like, uh, imagining this copy of uh link to the past hooked up to a gas generator <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it never turn off <laughs> um but uh so i had 19 hearts on that one so i'm like all right i'm gonna get all 20 like even at the end i'll consult a list or what have you but mm-hmm. i the the last one I had I didn't get is either from the digging game or the chest game. Mm-hmm. I don't know which, and they're both completely random. Yeah, so you could just spend forever. So yeah. after an embarrassingly long amount of time and not getting it in either of those, um, I'm stuck at 19 and three quarters. Mm. But I'll call that close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started one of them and was like, I'll come back to it later. So I don't even know which one it is. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, yeah. So, so, so you're here looking for uh, for Sahara, um, and uh, you, you you quickly figure out that he is over. Uh, he's over in the east, uh, the the east palace, and uh, so you see, so you see, so head over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which uh, he has this little hut mm-hmm. outside, and uh, he kind of dumps some plot on you and tells you you need to get the three medals from the dungeon and the master sword, and that's how you're gonna get back into the the palace ultimately to uh, to fight Aganem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, um, the East Palace, so each of the different kind of dungeons, I'm glad you have this in the notes, it's like a different biome. Um, this area, you know, has different monsters and different vegetation and kind of a different color palette. And uh, most of the dungeons have that kind of going for them, mm-hmm. you know, um, feel very different. And, uh, and this one's no exception, including this, like, kind of canopy area. Like, you have to go through this kind of maze and everything. It's very neat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in addition to having kind of a different environment and different color palettes, um, you know, they all kind of have kind of the same structure or at least a gameplay loop in them. You know, you have these three big items that you're going after, the uh, the big key, the map and the compass. 
Um, and those, you know, the, the big key, I think, is really the only one that you actually need uh, in order to open the boss door and get the and get the main treasure of a different place. But uh, the, the map and compass help you, you know, figure out if you've covered everything you need to. So you can use that to remember, mm-hmm. like, oh, there's totally a, 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 a room I didn't go to. And so that might actually have what I need to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's awesome about each of these dungeons is, you know, because they have uh, this treasure that, you know, that, that is found there and only there, this tool, um, you know, usually like a new weapon or a new uh, magic spell, uh, something like that. Um, the entire dungeon kind of exists in service to um, teaching you how to use that and giving you, um, you know, uh, the abilities to solve new and interesting problems with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're never um, the items you get in this game that give you additional pathways for progress are never keys. Right. Like it is always an item that has a secondary function to it. Even the butterfly net has a secondary function. Like <laughs> everything is 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 useful for more than one thing, which is wonderful. Like that's that's the you know the uh, the way to do that because you could put in all this work. I want a new verb. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't just want uh, you know to be able to unlock a new door. <laughs> And uh, that's that's really fun about this, especially this first one. So you get you know what's going to be kind of a standby for you, which is the bow and arrow, um, which I still end up using the boomerang a lot because for some reason I was always nervous about running out of arrows, mm-hmm. even though I probably never got below like three my maximum the entire game, <laughs> um, except for the ball, you know, a couple bosses. But the uh, you get the bow and arrow, which again just a really satisfying action and kind of weight to the arrow and everything. Mm-hmm. This feels right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, it tracks it tracks it at a at a nice good speed. But uh, but this is like a, a real a real uh, real easy dungeon, real small, um, and they stay small for a pretty mm-hmm. long time. So I was kind of shocked coming back to it, you know, just to how quickly I was getting through a lot of these early dungeons, like you know, and, and not even like memorizing which screen I go to in which order. But uh, you know, it stands in stark contrast to like a lot of the stuff that you would see later, um, especially on the Wii Zelda games, uh, where the where the dungeons are like multi play session affairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, keep, which keep, again I like. Keep it light, keep it breezy, um, and just give me stuff to shoot, like these crazy cyclops <laughs> statues. Yeah, well, you get, you get a wide variety mm-hmm. of them, so it's okay that they're short because you're doing a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, uh, yeah, talk to uh, Brad. Talk to us about the boss. Like we kind of you know we navigate through some puzzles. We're not going to talk about individual puzzles except for some yeah. specifically in our memory, but we want to hit at least each item and boss in each dungeon. Yeah, so uh, the uh, Armos Knights uh, really just kind of dance around in a circle. Um, <laughs> so they and they uh, do some, some kind of line dance up at you as well, um, and <laughs> you can you can kill them with uh, you know either just your sword, uh, which takes a while, or um, bow and arrow. But if you run out of arrows, they will eventually go down to the sword. Um, and then when you get the last guy, um, this is kind of common in, in some of these. He decides to. Instead of uh, keeping the same move, just tries to kind of drop on top of you. Um, <laughs> he, he jumps and lands. He gets and he's all red. Oh yeah, right. He gets yeah. red. He gets yeah. red in the face and yep. uh, tries to jump on top of you. I wasn't angry when uh, you killed my best friends one through five, but when you killed best friends six, yeah. <laughs> now I'm when angry. They came, when they came for Armos Night One, I didn't speak out. <laughs> and when they came for Armos, because I was not Armos Night One. <laughs> And when they came for Armos Night Two, I didn't speak up because <laughs> I was not Armos Night Two. Well, yeah, he wasn't lonely until he killed his last friend. Right. Yeah, I know. He just realized he has to spend all the rest of his life in this tiny little room. I didn't really waiting. like those other four guys. But. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, pretty easy, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty easy, boss. And uh, you 
kill them and you get one of my after you go back to uh um you get uh this is where you get the uh the pegasus boots mm-hmm. correct or is that in the dark world version of this uh that's no, that's you, it's here yeah because you get a hammer in the dark world mm-hmm. um yeah you get the pegasus boots which i love mm-hmm. um they shouldn't be called pegasus boots <laughs> because they don't allow you to fly or anything um but the uh they allow you to run you know kind of dash which is super useful and will make traversing this world a lot easier and and um, e- and even that like the like the like the way that it, the way that it expresses itself so it takes you like a little bit to get started it's not like you just press the button while you're moving and you run like you have to you have to like reel for a second like and then you dash and then stopping isn't instantaneous either and mm-hmm. they work that into you know puzzles where you're expected to clear a long distance um but stop at the right time uh, mm-hmm. you know before you fall so like again showing the intentionality that went in that that went into this they knew exactly what they were doing yeah yeah, yeah and there's even there's one optional room in one of the uh, it might be in, in Ganon's tower where um they have you take advantage of the fact that you ba- you can bounce off mm-hmm. a wall if you're close to it to bridge a little gap because otherwise there's no jump mm-hmm. um and i think this is like a fairy room um yeah that, that's exactly what it is yeah yeah, yeah. And the, the, isn't dashing also how you get into the uh, the secret little Nintendo Power competition room? The, the Chris Chris Houlihan room. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you uh, you start. So you have to use a uh, a dash move to end up on one of the bottom two pixels of the screen. Mm-hmm. And when you get in, and and then you dash off the screen. And if you do that, the game forgets about your Y position. Mm-hmm. So the next time you go down into another level, so fall down a pit, you end up in Chris. Chris Houlihan's room, which is, uh, he won a Nintendo power contest yeah. of some kind and just full of rupees. And he, uh, <laughs> does, you know, he says like, let's keep this a secret shh or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, very, uh, very obscure and like really tricky to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously didn't find it on my own, but I, I've gotten into it many yeah. a time when I was younger. That there probably exist people out there, and if you were one of them, like who who got to this and then you went to the playground and you're like, you'll never believe what I found in Zelda and nobody did believe it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it sounds so fake. Yep. Like it's it, it, yeah. it's so gamey. Like uh-huh. you're manipulating your Y position <laughs> to yeah. confuse the game as to where what plane you're on. Like it doesn't. Uh, it's not like a you know get to like the the original rumors just had you getting to a certain place from the sanctuary mm-hmm. in a certain amount of time. And what you can see what probably happened is the person dashing to get to that place in a certain amount of time accidentally <laughs> did the trick. Yep. And then went to the playground and said. Hey, I just got there in a certain amount of time, and then everyone's trying that because a certain amount of time is so nebulous mm-hmm. that uh, you know you just oh, if I can just get it a little bit faster, I can get in there. Right. But it's actually this very weird little technical glitch. Yeah. Um, Devious. Pretty neat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the kind of your next destination um, after you get these Pegasus boots and uh, get the secret uh, the secret book off the top of one of the library shelves. Um, is, you know, kind of the, the, the south part of the map, which is this, uh, great swamp, Lake Hylia, and then, you know, the desert of mystery, right? I, I always end up actually, this is why I do my, my side questing and get the, uh, the flippers. Oh yeah. Usually. Yeah. I do, I do that uh-huh. too. Yeah. And then I go get the, the mushroom mm-hmm. and go get the magic powder. Cause the magic powder is OP. Like that is the secret best yep. item in the game. <laughs> um, being able to turn those, uh, those like magic sprites into fairies yeah. is what, is what saves me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it turns what used to be invincible um, into your best healing item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yep. But yes, yeah, so, fairies. <laughs> <I love laughs> you're you're going to use those as slave labor for most of most of this adventure. 
uh, keeping them in jars until they're until you know eventually they maybe escape if you die or you just eat them for health. You know, before that. So okay, so is it like puck where you're where, where you're using it as a salt shaker for healing powder, or are you? And I'm sure this has been like a some kind of like web comic joke where you know you 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 grind them up with a cheese grater like haha, you know fairy dust right. Um, I just assumed you ate them. <laughs> like I just assumed you just, just ate them like bones and all. Like, yeah, just, yeah, just eat them whole. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's, it's like the, soft little bones. It's like those little uh, like, those, like that French bird that you have to eat under a the sheet. Ortolan? So God, yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so that God doesn't see your shame. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Soft shell crab. <laughs> cool. Like, yep. I can't. Also, sparrow. Apparently, uh, if you oh, win, yeah. You just eat sparrow in Japan. Uh, it's just the whole thing. Hmm. It's a festival food. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I'm okay not eating that. Yeah, uh, so too. am I. But uh, yeah. I, 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 eat, I eat the fuck out of a fairy though. Like, like healed <laughs> me. Like, holy shit! Like, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling real great, great today. And then I just like chomp down on one of these little jar slaves, and then <laughs> I can <laughs> I can live forever. Yeah, like every there time are, I get like, a day older. They're tiny humans. I mean, is that a little close to? cannibalism it's very close to cannibalism <laughs> like they're clearly sentient like the bigger ones talk to you and <laughs> yeah. things for you right. they're very forgiving of you know the number of their babies that i ate but yeah that, yeah. that is true they just want you to stop like <laughs> yeah. you're, if we you're... give you more if we allow you to carry more bombs will you please stop <laughs> yeah. Um, like, sword, please. yeah no, no for for real just just kill ganon that way you, that way you end your war path through our society yeah, i will trade you your shitty shield for this red one as many times as you like <laughs> please just stop killing my children <laughs> oh mm-hmm. man um but uh but yeah so so, so there the, the, there are those miscellaneous items like uh the, like there are people who say go up to zora's waterfall um mm-hmm. which gets you the flippers um why why does he do the like the hungry hungry hippo's mouth does it turn I, I you into know. like part Zora? I'm not sure. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know. But this is very useful because it's the first warping you're going to get mm-hmm. um, are in the water. So there's like he gives you a bonus, which is the secret waterways of the the water folk or something like that, mm-hmm. and you can actually use it to teleport around. Yeah, and it's very useful. It lets you get a couple of extra heart pieces a little bit early, and also just saves you some time because yeah. you won't actually get your warping item for a little bit. Yeah, gets you access to the uh, to the um, or wait, I forgive you. I forget if you need it, but you also have the ice wand here as well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get it here, but I wish I had because that's a useful item. Yeah. So. Plus, if you get the flippers, you get the uh, sweet sweet bottle from under the bridge. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, from the from the hobo. I love yeah. that scene. <laughs> hobo bottle. Yeah, like what? Oh hey, <laughs> <laughs> that slow blink of him opening his eyes, like all right. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Reading the hobo signs, just written in charcoal. <laughs> bottle here. Yeah, bottle here. Yeah, bottle here. Kind woman. <laughs> um, beware, dog. <laughs> Calls cops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having more bottles. The bottles are just like I wish we had made this comparison in Vampire Side Chat, but that's what the healing vials are like mm-hmm. in uh, Kingsfield, or the crystal vials are pretty much like bottles here. Like the more bottles you can have, the the better off you are. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a good little sign of progress, uh, mm-hmm. you know. T- tells you, tells you, tells you how well off you are. Um, mm-hmm. Look at me; I'm a four bottle man. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna say that to a man with a four bottle suit? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I, I could buy and sell you, so long as I can put you inside this jar. <laughs> mm. 
That's what you say to a fairy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, like the, the, these are all things you can do on your way, um, kind of towards the, de- the, de- the desert palace. And like a bunch of those are just things that you need to eventually get in order to make progress. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the desert of mystery, um, which you, you know, you need that book because you have to, uh, you know, read a spell or what have you, an ancient Hylian, um, to get into this, uh, second dungeon, this desert palace. Which uh, the kind of gimmicks that it introduces um, are primarily, excuse me, primarily uh, quicksand and lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Together like, at last. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Um, yeah, the, the you know if you've been waiting for laser turrets to show up in in Zelda, mm-hmm. you won't be disappointed with the desert palace. Yeah. Um, but those 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 little rooms are really fun because it's all about kind of managing their line of sight mm-hmm. and keeping a statue you know between you and them. Um, I always like those things. Right. And yeah. they, and they, they stick around from this point forward. So whenever mm. they want to make a room more difficult, um, and make it so that you have to proceed around them in a clockwise fashion or kind of <laughs> clockwise fashion, um, they, they will put them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But so the, the, like the, the, the design of this is relatively open, right? It's not, you know, there, there, there's no clear, like they're not funneling you from room to room. It's really just kind of like you're in the left wing, the, 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 the North wing, and then you actually have to go outside of it as well in order mm-hmm. to get to kind of like the last real push. But, uh, yeah. but, but, but it, it is, it is different. Yeah. Those, um, the, uh, the old, uh, or the, uh, later dungeons that have the indoor outdoor mm-hmm. portions, like that's something that they're going to keep, keep up right. from time to time. And the item that you get here is really useful. It's the power glove. Um, yeah, it's so, so bad. bad. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that helps you lift up rocks and stuff. Yeah, some rocks. Yeah. Rocks that are not like rocks that are not as dense. Yeah. As those other rocks. Well, those ones are made of lead. Yeah. 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 There's a fun little detail too when you can start lifting up the rocks because uh, sometimes the big ones there'll be bugs mm-hmm. that will jump out from under it. There's nothing to that detail, but it's just cute. Yep. And uh, you yeah. can't move while you're holding a big rock. Oh, but you can sure throw them, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I always make sure I hit at least one thing when I toss yeah. a rock the size of a car. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> and the and the boss here uh, is, is I, I don't know the I don't know how much I like it the landmolus or whatever they yeah. are the the sandworms yeah. that jump up and down. Um, I, I don't know. Like the the collision detection on them is real tricky. I find. yeah, I always find them kind of annoying to try to to hit and. Yeah. Then I mean, and the last one shoots out more bullets, which is always a bit frustrating. But. Yeah. yeah. There's a direct reference to these guys in um, Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Like there's a boss called Pin, which is just this thing, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Not my favorite. No. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Hmm. Um. After you kill each boss, you're getting a heart container. I know we mentioned that, so you are getting stronger no matter what. Um, which is nice. And uh, finally, just to, to get the third crystal, we have to start heading up towards the uh, cheerily named Death Mountain, um, which you know where that's at geographically, but you just kind of have to finding your way up there. Yeah, is the trick. The like the one entrance that you can get into is blocked by a big by a big uh, rock, right? So that is mm-hmm. that is the the thing that keeps you from getting up there. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So. And every and it should just be noted that like after every time you get one of these mm-hmm. environment clearing things, you can spend more time in the overworld. Yeah. Kind of making another pass and getting more heart containers and stuff, mm-hmm. and secrets. Yeah, and that so. becomes part of the rhythm. Like it, it mm-hmm. is, it is fun. It's you know, it's got that Metroid effect of now that I have this thing, like mm-hmm. I, you have you have to pull up in your head. Oh, I saw that door here. I saw that door here. I saw this thing here. So it, it is like nice and contemplative. And uh, I don't know if contemplative is the right word. It makes me 
it calms me to go back through a familiar place and see new possibilities. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, <laughs> it calms me. But yeah, Death Mountain is is probably the most hostile environment you've encountered so far. Um, yeah, you know, you've got these uh, tanukis, I guess. They turn into rock when you hit them, and they are squirrel kind of things. So um, really yeah, I, like I, never, I never, never thought about that. Yeah. Those things are obnoxious. Yeah. So. Yeah. Invincible, and you're kind of making your way. There's a weird. This old man is a weird character. <laughs> like, it, like they just had to put him in for an exposition dump to kind of explain the the pearl mm-hmm. to you, um, and to give you the uh, the magic mirror. Um, but he is a uh, he's an old man who you have to help up through uh, through this cave of darkness. Um, and he gives you this uh, gives you this magic mirror, which will warp you back to uh, to the real world if you ever get. If you just happen to get sucked into an alternate dimension, <laughs> yeah. and then immediately outside of his door, after some falling boulders, mm-hmm. um, you find a uh, under a rock, you find a little glowing portal, and you can't go anywhere else. So you get into it, and then shit gets real. Um, <laughs> you're in the in the dark world, but uh oh, you're a rabbit for some reason. It's like the the what is it, the Moonwalker movie? Oh yeah, where like Michael Jackson turns into that creepy rabbit thing. <laughs> Still haven't watched uh, that. <laughs> Oh, you gotta watch yeah, Moonwalker, I man. I haven't seen that. Yeah, we'll get, get some people together who like you know who will marvel at things that are audacious and mm-hmm. and watch that because it is uh, it's bonkers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're a bunny. Yep. At this point, which the, like the 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 thing about this, and there are some there there's some random monsters there who you can talk to, um, and <laughs> you know when you go into the dark world, like the, the, this reflects your true self, right? Yeah. So like if somebody was a shitty person, they come back as a shitty thing. They come back as like a, a pumpkin-headed goblin kicking a boulder man. Yep. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> he pink? Isn't he like a little Kirby? Yeah. 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 Um, that's that's their true self. Self. But uh, yeah, Link is uh, he's truly a little bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're defenseless when you're a bunny, and th- that will come back later. Um, but uh, mostly, you just have to use it to get just kind of get through this area. It's just a tease mm-hmm. of the dark world. You don't spend very much time there now. Yeah. And you just head to this uh, the Tower of Hera. How weird would it be if there was no other Dark World part of it and that was just it? And this That'd was just amazing. this crazy little like, <laughs> intermission slash interlude. Like, what like, the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I like the Dark World stuff that comes later. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> want to lose that. But the idea of just for a second you turn into a bunny and, like, <laughs> and talk to Pumpkinhead Boulder Man. Yeah. Kirby Boy. Boulder. Yeah. Kirby Boy. <laughs> Pumpkinhead Kirby Boy. Kerboy. The newest Harmony Korean movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So, so getting, getting the mirror here, like, okay. So did did you ever go to like a state fair or a county fair or something like that and play one of the, one of the carnival games and one of the, like one of the prizes that you got was just like a little mirror that had like a band's logo on it. Oh, sure. Or Or a picture of a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. So a little mirror, the picture of a motorcycle. So I would get those and it would stick around for a little while. I think that's really weird. Why would I have a mirror? Why would they give out well, it's mirrors? For, it's for That's, carnies to do coke off of. I, I understand that. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which was the which which was the weird thing. <laughs> that was the punchline of this story. But oh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> here, little kid, have a coke mirror. Yeah, it's, it's like you know, a carney has a rough life, and if he's gonna do coke, he wants to do it off a picture of a black Bart Simpson playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like that's the only thing that keeps them going. Yeah, no, just uh, it's a it's a Taz. Okay, so Taz the Tasmanian Devil is his spirit animal, and don't mess with me is his mantra. Okay, yeah, <laughs> especially when he's on coke. Yeah. Especially after he like you know, just looks in the mirror, like okay, you can do this. 
<laughs> and then just goes and fights somebody, I guess. White fight, trash fight Tony Montana? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I can't remember if I talked about this on air, but I, I, and I put it on my on Facebook. Um, I'm for some reason I'm very into the idea of how to beat carnival games. Yeah, and carnival yeah, po- games are very interesting that, to me. You posted that uh, that article. Yeah, the article is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like you know, carnies are these kind of people, so they'll oftentimes accept drugs or lady attention in exchange for their prizes. And it's just like who are these sad people, like literally prostituting themselves for these rasta bananas? This <laughs> <laughs> like, is insane. But like that that I, the idea of like oh, there are ways to beat these shams. Like, it's really appealing to me. Now that I've read that thing, I want to kind of go through and try one of those strength hammers. Oh, yeah? Because, uh, yeah, apparently it's not that difficult. Right. It's about hitting the right spot rather than being strong. <laughs> but, yeah, carnival game, man. That's interesting to me for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. And you can put, you can play some carnival games in Link to the Past. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Good segue, like Brad. <laughs> Good segue. That's true. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't think you can get any good out of that one. So it's much like a real carnival game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, man. Oh, arrows. Great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, I, I do like the, the little shooting range one that you get in the Dark yeah. World. That one's that, yeah. that, that one's pretty fun. Although I, th- I think that does categorically have the worst reward to it, which is just more rupees, I think. So, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So you get your you get your magic Coke mirror and, uh, you know, we're, like we're, where you're going up here is uh, it's called uh, the Tower of Hera. Um and yeah, that is uh, kind of like the introduction to a more puzzle-heavy uh, dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. kind of like the Eagle Tower, uh, which would show up later. Um, but uh, but yeah, some of the puzzles involve going up and down, um, you know, like falling falling through a hole in one floor to get to a to an area that was blocked off on another floor. Um, you know, it's getting you to think um, not just in this nonlinear fashion, but also about these places as as vertical, you know, spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and also the, this is good. Maybe you're going to say this, but the, I think this is also the first dungeon that has the blue orange switches. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah that, so uh... which definitely recur along the way. Um, <laughs> so that's certainly another. You know, I always I always kind of enjoyed those and the, the interaction um, you so get on that. A lot of times, the the, the puzzle that. yeah is is to, is how to trigger them later yeah. from not being right next to them. So that's fun. Um, yeah. And again, it doesn't, it never explicitly tells you to do that. But once you figure out like, what is the thing that I have that does damage after a time? Oh, a bomb. There we go. Mm -hmm. And then they just make it, you know, more complex iterations on that every time afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, the, the, this, uh, this dungeon also, uh, is notable because it does not have the, uh, does not have like a new verb, um, for, for you, like the, like the, 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 prize here is, is the is the moon pearl uh which, mm-hmm. which which makes it so you can keep your uh your regular form in the dark world uh, which is a tragedy of ancient chinese medicine <laughs> like it's, it's the kind of thing that is harvested to increase virility oh okay it sounds like doesn't it sound like that like uh, like, a, like a moon pearl a little bit i'm just picturing space clams actually yeah <laughs> Some space <No>. scallops <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, just flapping around. Um, I like I like this boss too, specifically specifically because of its design. Like I think it looks big and goofy. This is a uh, Moldorm, the huge caterpillar that just kind of dumbly knocks you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he can be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like uh, having that kind of uh, that mechanic where you know it's not about actually killing you, 
Um, it's just about making you start over, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, like Wario three, um, you know, that gets obnoxious yep. and, uh, the, you know, but he is, uh, I like the design of him and it's not too difficult when you face him later in a more difficult arena. Um, it's actually a little bit more frustrating yep. for me, but here it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, getting all three pendants when you, when you kill this guy opens up, uh, clears out the lost woods and makes it not a, a foggy nightmare. Mm-hmm. Kind of opens up and allows you to uh, to go get the, lo- the master sword, and uh, which is a shame. The music when it's all foggy and, and dark is one of my favorite musics in the game, and then never returns. Um, so now it is uh, it switches back to the, just the regular over overworld music, or that's actually after you pick up the master sword. Right. But when the uh, yeah when the fog goes away, mm-hmm. you lose that music forever. And it's weird because like that just makes it part of the overworld. Like mm-hmm. so, is yeah. it, it's kind of this weird half twilight thing. They're just the, the regular woods now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy they didn't do the, uh, the, the the maze puzzle for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never want to see another one of those in my life. Like, I, <laughs> like, I never liked those. I didn't like those in, in Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. in the, the underground, in the castle levels. Yeah. You know, that just kind of memorizing, uh, like, a pattern like that is frustrating yeah. without any clue. Mm-hmm. And I love that scene where you get the, where you get the Master Sword. Like, yeah, yeah. If, if of all I, the animals, of all the animals, if I had you know uh, like an unlimited amount of time, um, <laughs> I would probably try and recreate that in Perler. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to say in person. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Step one: craft master sword. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Step one: capture all squirrels. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why does that apartment like have all these traps around it? Yeah, yeah and Soon. fog machines. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know that would be a pretty good like uh, like like homecoming photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so step one, have kid. Step two, <laughs> wait till kid is 17. Step three, recreate Master Sword scene. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is it is pretty cool, and that is one of those iconic scenes from all video games. Yeah. Yep. And um, uh, the sword is pretty badass, because if you're at full health, which you almost never will be, you can fire laser beams. Yeah. Like spinning laser beams look like the fireballs from Contra <laughs> kind of pattern. Um, yeah, and it's a appreciably more powerful. There aren't very many sword upgrades in the game, but every one of them makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I love how hidden they are too. Like this is the only mandatory one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, you know, you can beat the game with the master sword, but uh, there are two more levels. To that. Um, so now with this sword, you can get back into Hyrule Castle, which is the final dungeon of the Light World. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of more of the same. It's like a little bit more difficult the second time around. There are new areas that you go to, but it's kind of using the vocabulary that the previous dungeons have taught you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, proceeding instead of down and out to the sanctuary, actually up uh, through the you know through the sealed door and into you know the very tippy top, um, which is yeah, which is pretty we, cool. We didn't mention it because it's a plot beat thing, but the reason why you're going here now is because Zelda, who was in the sanctuary, got kidnapped. Right. And if you want to, you can go back there and see that priest die, um, which I don't want to do because I want to listen to music. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you, you get up to the top of this tower and you fight uh, Aghanim, um, which is he is shooting, you know, you're, you're shooting magical balls back at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can either use the spin attack of the master sword or strangely enough, the butterfly net. Yep. For some <laughs> reason. It. <laughs> it, is the, it is the way to do it because you do a full 360 without charging. Yep. And it's so much better. Um, I wonder why that is. Like, do you think that was like a weird, 
you know, it would just like shared a little bit of code with it, or do you think that is intentional that it can reflect them back? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I was, I was kind of assumed it was just an accident, but yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. So like the, the 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 way that I view it is just that because so little else in this is is, is accidental. Mm-hmm. Like 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 they, the, it it might have been an accident at first, but they were like, yeah, put it in. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, and, I, and I the I mean because the, there's there's other like weird, and I know like speedrunners don't don't even use the arrows to kill Ganon at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. There's like some way that you can do damage to him without. I, I wish I remembered the exact way. Um, and so there is definitely some weird like code around what you can damage and in what way, but yeah, uh, but I won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's just a weird little goof. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, pretty neat and more useful. Can, and, uh, can you think of an earlier instance of this type of boss fight where you're kind of playing tennis with them and, you know, you have to attack in order to send a projectile back you, because you do it I don't in, know um, that I can. You do it in Monster Party. Okay. For the NES. I don't know why that immediately popped to my mind. Because <laughs> I don't have a huge like, history with that game, but that is how you beat most of the bosses in Monster Party mm-hmm. with a baseball bat <laughs> and knocking their projectors back. Their, their projectors. projectors. <laughs> they're just from the AV club and they're just like, <laughs> watch this tornado documentary. No. <laughs> but, uh, we didn't mention it too. There's a little cinematic before you fight him where uh, Zelda is getting. You know, he kind of banishes her, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really banish her. He did, or he kind of like zaps her and then disappears, but he really just goes through the back <laughs> wall. Um, that little thing with a little lightning effect where he's levitating her, mm-hmm. um, like was for some reason very visually striking to me as a kid. And that became when I was drawing on notebooks, became my expression of lightning powers. Yeah. It was always that exact thing, like a sphere of lightning surrounding something and then two things coming from the hand, just like Aghanim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, like it, probably hundreds. I've like drawn hundreds of pictures of wizards doing that <laughs> in my life all during this like one year or two year period. <laughs> oh, you have to practice your craft of wizard mm-hmm. crafting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a master of that now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you put in yeah. your 10,000 hours. I put my 10,000 hours drawing <laughs> wizard lightning. Um, <laughs> If only I dedicated that time to making actual wizard lightning. <laughs> you think you, you think you would have it by now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but no. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. The folly of youth. It is wasted yep. on the young. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, she So 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 now that now you uh, fulfill your true purpose, the the real mission becomes clear, which is to rescue Zelda. Mm-hmm. Hence legend of and uh, Aghanim sends you into the dark world as well, meaning that this was not some kind of surreal uh, interlude, but it's actually the whole other half of the game. Right, 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 right. And uh, I think you get kind of just a little bit, I think Sarash Pushim, like talks to you through psychic powers and tells you to go to this first palace. Yeah. But other than that, it's pretty open. <clears throat> right. And, and you're kind of matching a structure that's similar to the structure of the, the order you went to. You know, the first time. Yeah. At least, you know, initially, like, oh, okay, I'll just go back there because that's the first dungeon in the other world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very different. Like, the uh, the Dark World is is very different. Um, the theme music, I like how it is, It is rather than being, like, lighthearted adventure, it is tense adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's very similar, but it has just kind of a uh, uh, edgier feel to it. And, uh, and things are just surreal bonkers bananas. 
<laughs> in this world, like trees have faces, and if you run into them, they throw bombs, <laughs> and like all the people are weird mutants and skull-faced monsters and everything. Like it's great. <laughs> Every everything is just weird. It, it's like um, when you beat uh, all the levels in Super Mario World. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> where it yeah. becomes Halloween version. <laughs> yeah, it's like Halloween version. It's. Oh, I, I think you do encounter yeah, more skeletons in the dark world. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dark world even has the pumpkin that'll steal your shield. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that fucker. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Lashkey Kingdom, uh, which is a webcomic you can find at lashkeykingdom.com. And uh, Cole, tell us why people would want to do that. Well, um, I think that we have a long history of appreciating um, things that are lighthearted on this show uh, for as dark and tense as things tend to get. Uh, I think that sure. occasionally... What? Dark souls. <laughs> yeah. Demon souls. Yeah. On this show, this is the lighthearted yes. show on the network. <laughs> it's not the one with all the demons and, and sex assault. This is the one where everything is light. Exactly. Right. And um, so I, I think that uh, the, 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 that extends to other things, you know, like Adventure Time. Um, just anything that focuses on kind of like kid logic is something that gets a, that gets a, a, a thumbs up, right? Where, where, mm-hmm. where it is about adventure and wonderment. Um, and, uh, just, you know, as we're talking about different things about it, like I personally, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the art, like the, like the coloring, the fact that mm-hmm. not everything, um, is, uh, you know, is, is, is like way too or like ornate, but when he does choose to use color, um, it is always like, uh, like really, really well done. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it is, it is nice to look at. And, uh, that yeah. is, that, that, that is important for a, uh, for, for a comic. Yeah, and and specifically uh, related to this episode, watch out for fireballs. The opening arc of this uh, Jinx is takes a lot of kind of uh, signpost from from the Zelda series, and has a lot of like little kind of in jokes. Um, you know, specifically if you're a fan, um, there's a really good twist on Navi, which uh, Navi's kind of a played out joke. But I've said it before, like no matter how much Navi's vilified, it's not enough because Navi is the worst thing that Nintendo's done, and. Uh, the, there's a really good little beat on that. So I, I love the way that it rewards video game literacy without requiring it. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of evokes, evokes a, a good feel. Yeah. It's a good feel comic. So, and, uh, and he's, you know, keeping the lights on. So you should definitely, uh, go check that out. Yes. That is latchkeykingdom.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Additionally, this episode, this episode is brought to you by audible.com, where, uh, if you want some audio entertainment, audiobooks, stand up comedy, you know the drill, right? Bunch of titles mm-hmm. you can get. Um, you can go to audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs and, uh, you know, uh, get a free book when you sign up for a trial of their uh, subscription service. Um, mm-hmm. it works on whatever you want to use. So, uh, you know, the, the, the dark world kind of continues the tradition of give, like having you solve puzzles to get in. So as you are trying to get into the dark palace, uh, the, the, the door isn't open. And you have to kind of uh, intuit that this monkey who has latched onto you, uh, whose favorite thing in the world is rupees, um, he should learn to be less materialistic. Um, you know, he is the one you have to get him to the entrance of this place uh, in order to have him open the door for you, which is real frustrating because he flees if you take any damage. So you're going to be paying him rupees until, you know, you figure out, oh, I should just kill everything in between and then do it. Or at least that's yeah. what happened to me. I assume everybody is, is as incompetent as I. Intuit's probably a strong word. Yeah. For like figuring that out. Yeah. Like 
I just think, I think I just, you know, figured I would try to keep him as, like, once I realized he ran away, like, I was just like, oh, I'll just take him all the way to the, to the entrance and just hope that something happened. Like, I had no idea, you know, that I would pay him and he would jump up and hit a hidden switch or anything. Yeah. But, yeah I'm pretty sure as a kid, I hated that monkey. <laughs> he, just be like, give me 10 rupees. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah. Rupees don't matter, yeah. but, you know. You... Yeah, go lift up yeah, a goddamn tree. nothing, but no. Yeah. Like, just go cut the grass for a second. <laughs> get, a, get a summer job. I'm mowing lawns. <laughs> That's how you get rupees. Yeah. I've hidden how do you your think pay- I saved it to buy this bottle? I've hidden your payment out in the brush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so when I say intuit, I just more mean like when I was playing it, this is one of the few things that I didn't remember. And I got mm. to uh, somehow I got to the front entrance without without the monkey. And I forgot, like, OK, so what do I actually have to do? And yeah. then it just took it took a little bit more like, you know, groping than I usually than I usually do. Mm. Okay, sorry, that's what I hated as a kid. You give him 10 and then he comes over and he's like, well, I'll open it for 100. That was just an estimate, you know, like I, before I knew the extent of how, how big this door was. I don't know. It's all the way up there. <laughs> contractor. Um, but yeah, he, he lets you in. <laughs> it is kind of like an inelegant puzzle for the first dungeon <laughs> in the dark world that you just had to pay to get in from a, a wandering monkey. Like that is a little like, huh, okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, you get into this this uh, dungeon, which I actually really like. Um, one of the the big gimmicks it introduces is this these uh, these invincible turtles um, that you have to avoid, and then the um, these monsters that will mirror, like reverse kind of mirror your movements, and uh, being able to open them up and hit them with arrows. Um, but when they when you face them, they shoot you as well. So it's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, all leading to this hammer, which is a really fun item. Um, you know, allows you to pound down kind of pegs and also flip over turtles, um, that are in your <laughs> way. Um, the weird, you know, kind of challenge runs of this game where you go without the sword. This is the first time where you have a reliable weapon in the game. It does a fair amount of damage too. And, and yeah. it, it lacks that arc, but sometimes that makes it more predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's nice not to have to switch back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah. But, and, uh, uh, but like, like, so this is the first dungeon you're going to do that is like a, a, a co- like a companion to its light world self. So like the, you know, you're familiar with it because it's been a short enough amount of time. Um, but, uh, but the layout of this is very similar to the previous one. And so mm-hmm. that uses, you know, uses that against you in some cases by changing the doors around. Um, and it, you know, it actually gives you an advantage in some places as well, but um, everything in the dark world is kind of like a, a dark version of everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, except for the boss. Yeah. Which the, the, this is a, there's no, you know, Dark Souls-esque lore reason why the, the Armos Knights, like all congealed <laughs> into the Helmosaur King <laughs> or anything. But, uh, yeah, you fight the, uh, the Helmosaur King who's a gigantic, boy, like turtle scorpion thing. Yeah, like a monitor yeah. lizard or something like that. Yeah, wearing a wearing a mask, <laughs> and uh, you have to bust open his his face mask to reveal his like power gem on his forehead <laughs> to uh, to kill him. Yeah, and uh, he, he's fairly tough. Like uh, this is kind of a tough boss, and you don't have very much health at this point still. Mm. So, yeah, and sometimes it's, it's hard to figure out if you're hitting a portion that is already damaged. Like the like the damage model in the mask is neat. Like this is a very impressive looking boss. You know, it's a gigantic mm-hmm. sprite. Which is always going to be a good thing, um, but uh, but but yeah, like sometimes it's hard to figure out. I think I eventually started using bombs um, to yeah. crack the mask open, as opposed yeah. to just the hammer because that was easier to use those, uh, uh, you know, without taking damage. 
Yeah, and I think the, uh, the bombs take it down way quicker. Yeah. Um, I think as a kid, I always used the bombs, and then you know, I was like, okay, well, well, you know, give her the shot with the hammer, and just <laughs> nope, right back to bombs. <laughs> <laughs> kid me was smart. Yeah. <laughs> this this might be a Dodongo. No, like a because um, you, because you never see them any anywhere. Like, yeah, like it's not it's like they, that ceased to be an enemy that they threw at you here. Isn't a Dodongo like if I remember right? Isn't a Dodongo just a Triceratops? Uh, yes. Maybe. Okay. It loves eating bombs. Yeah, it dislikes eating bombs. Yeah. Um, but it can't stop itself. Yeah, he doesn't like the aftertaste. <laughs> yeah. um, those bombs, yeah. Gives him indigestion. Yeah. Good. Yeah, with, with, this, uh, with the hammer intact, you can now do a, a lot of these dungeons. Not all of them, but you can do them in kind of a different order now. Yeah. The hammer is the key item that opens up the southern half of the map yeah. and allows you to kind of scoot around. And the lock that those open is just you know throughout the throughout the world maps you have seen these pegs um, that are mm-hmm. the, the, that are blocking your progress and this lets you uh, hammer those into the ground and walk over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think as soon as you get the hammer, you can also go to three or four um, because you can now hammer through to the portal to the dark world in um, Kakariko Village. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's really where the yeah the dark world kind of opens up after the hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, whereas if you're following these, uh, you know, to the letter, you're going to yeah. have to go to the Swamp Palace in order to get the, the, the hook shot. Um, Which is or, fun anyway, because that. that's, yeah. yeah, you want the hook shot. Yeah, you want the hook shot early and you want it often. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the one that is labeled number two is down in the swamp. Um, and this continues again, you know, you're solving puzzles to actually reveal these, which is you have to dip in and out of the light world and dark world to, uh, to drain this uh this little uh i I imagine it's like a sewer substation (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, what any of these buildings are for is is not really clear in in this game (laughs) like uh what the point of the eastern palace is other than just a repository for bows and arrows (laughs) um you know but and and this little sewer substation area yeah well he flooded the next kingdom over (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like this dump all their trash and Shelby Hyrule. <laughs> it's the garbage kingdom. Yeah. Or the Eastern Palace is just uh it it is a it is a, a shrine to a bow and arrow like deity. Maybe this is foretelling Bowyer from uh from Super Mario RPG. Oh huh. <laughs> huh. Mm. Wheels within wheels, Gary. Um, <laughs> but uh, you solve this little uh, this little water routing puzzle. I love how like sometimes you just pull a you pull a lever, and if you choose wrong, it drops bombs on you. Bombs are snakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this one's bombs, but yeah. early on the game gets you with snakes. You got lucky yeah. this time. <laughs> this board game sucks. Bombs are snakes. Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, the Swamp Palace uh, for me, it, uh, it it is near and dear to my heart because it is, it, it is the last uh, Zelda or the last water dungeon in a Zelda game that isn't just a nightmare to get through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah, There's, yeah. The, the, there are some like water level puzzles that it makes you do, but it's not like it is precluding progress as you do them. Yeah, it's, so it's more like okay, go through a little bit of water, drain it. Yeah. change the layout of the stage exactly. yeah and uh, and you don't have to go back and do it like yeah. you're not you're not controlling a thing it's it's like that dark souls thing where if like you get to a switch you should flip it mm-hmm. you know because yeah. it's going to allow you to go a little bit further yeah and yeah. you know the, the the way that expresses itself there are just these little canals and uh 
um, there are like pool ladders that only like start halfway up the up the wall, <laughs> so you have to <laughs> so, so you have to uh, swim over to them so you can get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, boy, do I love the hook shot! Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the 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 game had to make a pretty compelling argument for me uh, for the rest of for for the rest of itself just to to switch away from the hook shot, like because yeah. that what that was my that that that, that was my go to. Yeah, super useful. Does mm, decent yeah. damage, you know. Um, you're invincible when you're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also stop moving when you're using it, which makes that it ultra useful for the ice palace later. Like if you're slipping around on the ground, just use the hook shot and you'll stop on a dime. Yep. Um, yeah, it's great. And it allows you to kind of grapple over to things and, mm-hmm. and traverse gaps. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. And I really like this boss as well. Yeah. With the uh, the hook shot. Oh no, I'm actually thinking of the eyeball boss later. Yes, you are. I guess I am. <laughs> where you the hook shot is the key item. Mm-hmm. So this boss, if I remember, I can kind of take or leave. Yeah, this is this is this is Argus. Argus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the pet jellyfish of um, <laughs> of you know too many like why are there four consonants in a row? <laughs> Yeah. This stupid name. <laughs> well, it's weird because because like some of the like some of the cultural cues of this are like almost vaguely Middle Eastern or like North African, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. And so, just some of the some of the strange, you know, like the hieroglyphics and stuff. Like 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 Hyrule has always had this weird like cultural pastiche to it, but this is mm-hmm. this is where it was like most apparent, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I don't remember anything. Um, I, like, did, did 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 Argus require the hook shot? Because I just have no recollection. He, he, I think so. Okay. Yeah, you, you got to grab the guys and then kill them with your sword. There's like little pieces that he. I don't know what they are. The little blobs that he he throws around him. Yeah, yeah, they spin around him. Yeah, so it's not like the guy who's full of the uh, all the eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the guy I like later, later on. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, yeah, this guy's not too bad. Right. <clears throat> True. And uh, you're kind of continuing your uh, tour. I don't know. I need to figure out a better way to transition out of these dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. As we're like, okay, we're one, two, three, four. But yeah, we, then, we should good. we should note that like after every time we're completing one of these dungeons, we get this uh, little info dump <laughs> with the backstory from uh, one of the maidens mm-hmm. who's in a crystal. But these are all uniformly boring. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's less an info dump and more a challenge to make sure you hit yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, you know, just click through as, as quick as you can uh, <laughs> to get to the end, and, and don't uh, don't ask them to repeat it. Um, but they're you know just essentially just telling you about oh boy, you know Triforce history and everything. I, I feel like even when I was little and I would read everything in a video game, I didn't read these. Yeah. Like. Just well, jam on through. What's weird is like it's not presenting novel information to you. It's like the if it, if it consists of five sentences, which is way too many sentences, three of it will be things you already know. Like yeah. Ganondorf went to the dark world. Okay, cool. There, you know, like it, it is it is a mirror version of okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And then like the the new thing that it introduces doesn't add anything on top of the other ones, but you know right. you're going to see it at least three other times from the ones after this. Right. So, right. Yeah. Not covering new ground. Yeah. Not at all. Oh, well, but uh, we're going to an awesome place, which is the Skull Woods, the dark version of the uh, the, the forest of illusion or mystery or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I, I like this dungeon a lot because it is the spooky dungeon. 
it's also it's, I think it's one of the hardest dungeons. Yeah. 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 If not, like this one and the next one, this one and Blind's Hideout, I think are probably the two most challenging dungeons up until the end. Right. Um, this is really hard because of the the layout. So it is, uh, you know, there are so many entrances and exits mm-hmm. to the dungeon. Like the whole woods is the dungeon. Right. And uh, yeah. Which is, you know, kind of subversive because you think of the dungeons as these as these entirely self-contained things. Um, you know, they like if, if it's not on the map, it ain't part of the dungeon. But, you know, just the fact that you have to kind of keep track without the map of where you're going to drop in, you know, when it has you, you know, dipping up to the surface to cover some ground. Um, you know, it, it's a tough navigational challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And things don't line up perfectly. Right. Either like they vaguely do, but they don't line up exactly, mm-hmm. um, which makes uh, some of the navigation kind of difficult. Um, ultimately, you're doing the whole first half of it in order to get the fire rod mm-hmm. so you can get into the second half of it. Um, and kind of the, the stuff that this introduces, um, you know, there are more conveyor belts, um, more kind of spiked walls around them. And then the uh, the wall masters, which are the, the hands <laughs> that come down and will return you to the entrance so of the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, super, super a, creepy. A, a, yeah, as a child, you know, uh, like starting from Zelda 1, those those guys just always scared the shit out of me. The, the second scariest Mr. Hand. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> but you, you, you get, like, you do get warning about it. Like, you, you, see, you see the shadow, but it's just there, like, long enough to make you panic. But it's not there long enough for you to actually, like, be able to, like, for sure dodge it. So whenever mm-hmm. there are yeah. wall masters in play, it's, like, just constantly be moving. Because yeah. it's going to get, it's like it's going to sneak up on you. Yeah, yeah, they're much scarier in uh, Ocarina of Time. Like Ocarina of Time, you know, just if, we're, if if I can dip into something later in the series, like it actually did have some like really upsetting imagery to it. Like the Wallmasters mm-hmm. have like have this weird purple, like warded um, um, uh, appearance to them. That and the fact that because the, you know because it's three D, it's not as like iconic. Like where you just have like okay, here's the shadow. You just go like it just comes down and it's bigger than you and it's right in your face. And oh god, what's happening? That, yeah. That and the fact that it's put inside you know the shadow temple. I think whichever one you go, you go under the uh, the, the the gravestone to get into, and it's got that awesome drum boss um, that you're fighting, um, you know, which is also full of redeads, which are one of the most upsetting, um, you know, mm. enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Zelda can be spooky, and this is this is this is the uh, the, the 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 spook troop here. But yes, yep, spook troop. Mm-hmm. Um, once you finally get the fire rod, the main thing you're going to use it is to burn off the skull of this like half bug half face like what is this <laughs> like the ending of nightmare this. fuel yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is like bony insectoid alien carapace that's on the surface that opens up the the kind of final part of the dungeon mm-hmm. um where you fight mothula who i think is very difficult as well and yeah. you have to bring magic with you <laughs> Like, uh, you know, this, this guy, you know, I died to this guy multiple times. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, and th- this tends to be the boss I die on more frequently um, than any of these kind of mid, mid-level bosses. Yeah. So. The whole notion of bringing, of bringing potions with you, like, uh, so many times I would just have to, I would get to the end of the dungeon and then have to magic mirror out, cross the world map, mm-hmm. buy, buy potions, and then come back. Or and go like, fill up on fairies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, it would just be probably where you the fairies stop being as useful because they're only refilling. Yeah, seven, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, yeah, this is one where I had to kind of grind out some hearts and try to make it through on a <laughs> full life, and it's just mm-hmm. it's tricky. Yeah, uh, Mothula is also difficult because of the arena that you're fighting it in. So there's this gigantic conveyor belt floor that is moving at random, so you can mm-hmm. never be sure if you're just going to be tossed into a spike wall. Which are yeah. also yeah, coming off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if spike a spike wall would be tossed into you. Yeah. 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 While he shoots, you know, beams in random directions. Like, it is a real bullet hell kind of chaos. Yeah. Are we just yeah I, remember, I remembered fighting a moth and then I dropped into the hole and was like, oh, holy shit. This is... <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so just a little bit south is Blind's Hideout. Um, this is, it, this is one of those weird little intersections between the light world and the dark world because you know basically where this was at, um, was the, there was a thief that, that lived here. Like in the light world, you hear legends about it. I'm a thief that lives here. And this is actually blind. It was, it was this kind of like legendary thief is here in the dark world. Mm-hmm. So the story of how he got here and everything, you know, not important. But, uh, the main thing is getting into this dungeon, which seems like something you'd have to do that's tricky. But really, you just pull off this uh, this pitchfork from this devil statue mm-hmm. in the middle of town and get in here. And this is also a real, uh, you know, real dangerous dungeon, real tricky. Yeah. The, and, and this kind of uh, leans into the fact that, like, you know, in, in the more difficult portions of Zelda games, walking is not a free resource. Like, there are just some things where you're going to take incidental damage as you go along. Um, and because this is maze-like you know, it kind of becomes an endurance challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and um, this dungeon also has a, a little bit of uh, annoyance if you do things in the wrong order. <laughs> um, because if you don't blow up the hole so the light will shine down into the room, then, but you have the maiden with you, she just leaves when you go to blow up the hole. Uh, you have to go back and get her again. I remember. <laughs> the room. Th- this was the place that I got stuck at for the longest. Um, and my first go through the game and I actually had to like have, have a friend over to like show me what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, Oh, you have to go up here. And like, it's, it, it is one of the more obscure puzzles, um, that, 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 that you're going to be solving. I think, you know, yeah. just, despite the fact that, you know, blind the thief is not only a name, but instructions, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just, it, it, just, just like that. Um, the treasure you get here is just an upgrade and like most of the, like, I think all of them except for the can of Samaria, um, are just upgrades to things that, that, that you already have from this point forward. So as you're filling out your, your, your item screen, um, most of it's already here. And what, mm-hmm. the, what the Titans bit lets you do is pick up the, the, the darker, uh, stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like a, like any thief, <laughs> uh, blind the thief when you expose him to light turns into, <laughs> boy, like a, a monster mask with a sheet hanging under it. Yeah. <laughs> it just moves randomly, yeah. like with its head spinning around. Uh, so. And then it grows some extra heads. That's, yeah. That's why, that, oh man, that's why you can't go out in the sun, Gary, because you're a thief. You stole this game. I know. That, that, is, that is true. <laughs> Gary the thief. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> that, that's not instructions. Gary is a verb. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Um, it's I, I don't know this this fight doesn't stick out to me as being too hard aside from the fact that his hitbox just gets smaller after you uh uh face him again so you know he just eventually becomes the spinning mask head um 
I'm just yeah. wondering what you have to do to make your alternate form not a monster or an animal, but this. <laughs> yeah, n- nothing. Yeah, like every everything gets warped mm-hmm. in the dark world. Like nothing, yeah. nothing gets gets away with it. Yeah. You know, um, which I think is I think that's intentional. Like as much as this game does not really have theming or anything like that, I think that's part of the the idea is that if you're you know if you then they talk about the end like if you make a selfish wish. Mm-hmm. then it kind of transforms you. But if you make an unselfish wish, everything's fine. And that's what happens in the ending right. when, uh, when Link gets a hold of the Triforce. So everybody turns into a terrible monster. Mm-hmm. At this or, point. So like, Okay, so a terrible monster or something completely ineffectual. Because like pretty much all of the civilians, including Link himself, you turn into something that is harmless. Whereas mm-hmm. this is specifically turning him in, into this godlike monster with supernatural powers. So, Right. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Yeah, if you're going to live in the dark world, you want to be a bad person. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just going to get victimized. <laughs> so. That makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> the dark world should make you sad. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. in the name. You can't be like, this place is all right. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. It's called the dark world. <laughs> um. You know, Ganon, you got a good place here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let me help you out. The name's misleading. It's actually a peninsula. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> you know what else makes me sad? The Ice Palace. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, the Ice Palace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Ice Palace is real tricky. Yeah. It, like, for me, it's the biggest difficulty spike. Like, you mm. know, the, like, the previous ones kind of felt in line from, from, from what the other ones, like, were leading up to. But this is just a huge expansion of the, of, of the size of the place and also the complexity of, you know, there's yeah. just, just of the map. And it feels like in, in, on the whole, the average danger level of a given room is, is just, it, it steps up here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good luck walking. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where, that's where that, um, that hook shot technique yeah. comes in, comes in handy. Like that's your, that's your secret best item for this, this area. Yeah. It is tricky. Like I find Skullwoods to be a really difficult dungeon too, for mm-hmm. one reason or another. And this one, probably the second one, you know. Where it does, and it's not so much like it's not the the boss or anything. Like all the bosses from this point on are, are kind of, uh, you know, cake for the except you know up until the end. But uh, it is actually just the the navigation mm-hmm. and uh, and movement is tricky. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you get the uh, the blue mail, which is very useful um, because you do like things do a lot of damage to you in this game. Mm-hmm. Like there are birds earlier in this that will do three hearts of damage to you yeah. before you get this uh, this blue mail. And just surprising, like, oh, this crow is a real asshole. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. so, but yeah, this is a useful upgrade. Yeah. And, uh, and you fight Cold Stare, which I, you know, where'd you come up with that name? <laughs> well, it's, um, a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice eye. Yeah. No, I am. Yep. <laughs> Gary, yeah. so, okay. So you, so you see like cold, it, it's not spelled K-O-L-E, you know, sorry, C-O-L-D. Why did I just spell my name? <laughs> cold is not spelled K-O-L-E. Yeah. No, Good it is point, not. Good point, Cole. <laughs> there um, <we> go. <laughs> it's uh, the nineties. You have to spell it with a K instead yeah. of a C. Yeah. 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 And a Z at the end. <laughs> cold stare. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like the, 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 the trick to this is pretty obvious. Yeah. Have, ma- have magic or get out. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to, you have to flame on mm. to, uh, to break through his big icy shell. And then he's just an eyeball, like a regular eyeball. And you just kill it like yeah. a kill bill style. <laughs> and then you head over <laughs> to, to, uh, to uh, misery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we should talk a little bit about the magic in this game. Cause this is the first one that's mandatory. Right. The medallions. 
Yeah, so they take up item slots. You know, you just you, you find them. Um, usually, you have to have the uh, you have to have the Book of Mudora. Like before this, you had the ability to get the Bombos spell, uh, which is just room clearing fire. Um, and you know, the one that you, that you need here is uh, the room clearing uh, lightning. Um, I forget where do you get the ether? You have to go up to the, you have to go up to Death Mountain for a it's second. Up on yeah, it's in, yeah, yeah, it's in Death Mountain. It's a huge amount of backtracking. Yeah, uh, yeah. You need the sword as well to get these. Yes. So you can't yeah, get if you them. Go over there before you get the master sword. It's just like come back when you have the master sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And I'm like, I'm right here though. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets frustrating when I dropped my sword off to get tempered. I oh, tried God. to go clear off some of this stuff. Oh shit! And I was like, oh shit, it doesn't work. Yeah. God damn it. It's even worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like the like the magic is neat, but I never really used it uh, except uh, like maybe once in Turtle Rock or Ganon's Tower to like use Ether to see some invisible platforms. Yeah, but like yeah. here, it, it is just a key to like alter the environment. Right. Yeah. The, the other big side thing you're going to do is get that flute, mm-hmm. which we alluded to a little bit earlier. You have to do that to get to get here because there's no way to get into Misery Mire. It's closed off in the Dark World. So you do this weird little side quest with the, the life of David Green <laughs> in the, the forest. Um, you know, you run into him and he, uh, he says he wants to hear the flute. You go back to the light world to get the flute you know, with the shovel. And it's just somewhere randomly. Like I have memorized where it's at, but I remember digging up, you know, most of this field. Yeah. They say it's under it, some flowers that he planted, but most of the field is flowers. Yeah. 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 Which is obnoxious. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually this allows you to teleport um, only in the light world, mm-hmm. as we noted. Um, between the kind of eight principal locations. Yeah. Well, you have to free the you have to free the uh, the bird. I love that the bird isn't oh, like yeah. a like a crazy eagle or something. It's a duck. It's like a goofy looking <laughs> duck. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'll mm-hmm. be happy to know that in the uh, link between worlds, the teleport equivalent works in both worlds. Oh. That's great. So you don't have to deal with that shit. Looking forward <laughs> to that. We should also just speaking of birds, talk about the chickens real quick. <laughs> the cuckoos. Um, yeah. Yeah, the cuckoos, which is great. Like when I first did that, because you can hit them. If you're feeling sadistic, you can slash them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't kill them. They just make really sad sounds and run away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the the look on my face, you keep doing it. They attack you if anyone mm-hmm. hasn't done it. Yeah. And uh, the look on my face when that first happened when I was a kid must have, like I wish I had a snapshot of it, like a traffic camera that just took a picture whenever <laughs> I was enjoying something on Super Nintendo. Um, <laughs> because it's just like my face lit up. It's like, oh, shit. Teaches you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I love what happens with the skeleton chickens. Yep. I love the, the skeleton world. chickens. Yep. <laughs> so good. So, so good. They make a slightly different noise, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Little animated yeah, skeleton chickens. skeleton chickens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, the, the, a, a complicated relationship with bird kind. And so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. But uh, you have to, you know somehow discern that uh because because like misery mire is like locked off so you can't get to it like you got to the like you got to the desert right so yeah. you have to you have to go you have there there's like one particular place in the light world where you have to go it's like this little ledge on the south um that you can warp to from the uh from, you, know, you can bird warp to it and uh lift up a rock and and do the little uh, uh tile uh to to, to warp there um, mm-hmm. and this gets you into, into a swamp. So again, it's cool because it's like raining and uh, miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the ghost of misery mire is worth noting and, and weird kind of glitch, you know, glitch town, glitch hunting, um, which is a weird enemy that doesn't have a sprite that appears in this, this area that you have to kind of access through tricky ways. 
and uh, you can hit it with kind of room those room clearing magics. Um, but that, there's been a you know there's a game facts entry on figuring out what actual monster it is, and it's uh, it's one of the the monster like the vultures I think from the Light World version of this that just you know glitched in to it. But when you do the um, the the bombos here, like you would kill like an invisible monster, and people were just like, well, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, and it became a uh, a whole thing. It's cool, just like those little little secrets. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just love how mysterious but, uh, this world is. Like, just mm-hmm. uh, you, you feel like anything could hide just a little secret that changes everything. Ah. Yep, indeed, delightful. Yep, mm-hmm. um, this uh, this dungeon I don't remember too much about it. Um, it's another one that maps kind of similarly to a light world dungeon, mm-hmm. so it has kind of a, a similar layout. And I think you're dealing with more of those turrets. Yeah, and like they're like you know upgraded laser turrets or tougher laser turrets. Mm-hmm. More of them, a lot more of them. Um, <laughs> there's also uh, uh, like darkness puzzles here too. So it loves doing that thing where it restricts your uh, your field of vision to the little cone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just mm-hmm. remember it being pretty pretty hard. It's also weird because like you get the treasure, but there's really no real use for it in this dungeon. It's more for the next one. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's weird because like it's good for the next one, but it's also super good for the ice palace because um, that last trap that involves oh yeah moving a block, going all the way around and going back down. You just use the cane and you get past it, which I, is what I always did as a kid because I mm-hmm. apparently couldn't figure out the go back up a level and go back around um, <laughs> that you're supposed to do with the uh, the block pushing. Um, yeah. But if you go get the cane, you just get to walk past the last thing in that dungeon. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, Misery Meyer also has the puzzle where you have to you have to light four torches, but they're on different mm. screens, and you're not used to you're not used to stuff being persistent between screens. Yeah. And, and so, like, there, there's a little, there's a little hint in this like long hallway that says you know light four torches to proceed, and you think that it's referring to like a, a room below where there are four torches, but that's not the case. So you have to do the usual time puzzle of you know like light all these and get to the door. Or you don't even have to get to the door. Just light all of them before before the first one goes out. Yeah. Um, and then you hear like the shaking, and then just the room where the hint was in was changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like the big puzzle for this one. And uh, well, that one, yeah, the, the, and that's kind of neat because like there's always a hint that it is persistent. Because when you go into the next room, like say there's a straightforward torch puzzle. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the next room, as soon as it goes out back there, you hear the door close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah along the way but this is the first time it actually kind of matters that it's maybe the only time that it matters that it's persistent mm-hmm. across mm. doors yeah. yeah interesting it's just weird because I, I never i never felt like i could count on it keeping track of like like what it was like you know yeah. like I, I was never sure what would make the treasures refresh in a room you know yeah yeah so i'm not saying it's like bad but it just it it was it, it was vexing to me for a little bit until i refigured that out yeah but uh, you fight Vitreus at the end, <laughs> which is great, who is like a giant eye surrounded by tiny eyes in kind of a big pile of goop. Yep. And you just have to pull off his little his little eye friends and slash them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, it's really cool. Like you're using the hook, sh- hook shot. He's real creepy. He's a gigantic eye. His name is Vitreus. Covered in jelly. Makes sense. Yeah, covered in, <laughs> covered in Vitreus fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, probably my favorite boss in the game. Yeah. <laughs> He's a solid bro. Solid bro. <laughs> um, there's a little bit more bookkeeping. Like you're kind of entering into the home stretch of the the final two dungeons. Um, there's a little bit of kind of uh, 
At this point, you can go and get the fully upgraded sword, I think. I think this is when the big bomb becomes available. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, and the, the silver arrows, which are very useful. They kill everything in one hit, just about. And, uh, you know, so you, you have to temper your sword, which is kind of a little quest. You have to find this, uh, this toad. Mm-hmm. Who uh, got tele- you know transported into a toad in the dark world or transformed, but he's actually the other dwarf, um, and he'll he'll upgrade your sword. Yeah. And then uh, there's a bomb salesman who just sells regular bombs, and then one giant bomb. <laughs> they can only be used to break into the pyramid, where there is a fat fairy uh, there who will upgrade your equipment. Yeah. Um, so those things are worth doing before moving on to these last couple dungeons because these last couple dungeons are very tough. Yeah. I can't help but think, so you have all these villagers like that dwarf who just found their way into the dark world. Like, there was, just just board up the portal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are just stumbling into. Or, or like, put, like, put a mm-hmm. sign that says, careful, portal to dark world. <laughs> I was like, well, we lost three more kids to the dark world today. Yeah. Huh? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. They've all turned into white gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I'm shooting in that game. Mm-hmm. Dark world children. Yeah, <laughs> monsters. It is, like, it is a dark world. They look like <laughs> monsters to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. God, Turtle Rock is a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a super super tough dungeon. Yeah, on the topic of four torches. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Four torches. Well, the, the cane of Samaria is a real fucking weird item. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and figuring out exactly—I mean, they tell you what it is, but it like makes those blocks which can explode, but also will make platforms mm-hmm. that, that you can move around. Um, but it uses magic, and you have to really watch your magic supply. Um, there are certain enemies that will always drop the full magic potions, mm-hmm. and you can do that weird little thing with the Drake, where he cuts your magic in half. Or threatens yeah. to, yeah, yeah. At this point, and doubles your your magic amount, which is you know you should. I can't really imagine getting through this without that. No, um, but it just it's so maze like because you're you're asked to navigate these huge rooms without ever being able to see all of them at once. Mm-hmm. So you get on one of these platforms, you don't know exactly where it's going to end up, yeah. and you just kind of have to intuit and remember um, where <laughs> they go. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. There's well, that. Like- Good. Oh, uh, so like I think the the first big room, it's like you basically have to go counterclockwise around it like yeah if you go clockwise i you just get frustrated with i can't do anything on any of these until you get all the way back around yeah, yeah. There, i mean and there's uh there, there's a a section later like it's another one of those big rooms with the super mario world dotted line paths but like the like you know unless unless you figure out and like and it's it, it's like crazy tangle that's like the street signs mm. from Wee's big adventure you know, mm-hmm. like trying to figure out which one it is, and just you have to you have to somehow discern the correct one because the switch, to, you know, in order to open up the main door, it's not around the edges, which is the majority of what you're going to see, but it's like at this little island in the center. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, it's and figuring out how to get on there, and yeah. yep, it's notable. You know, God, it's notable. I just, I, I'm going to break that. I'm going <laughs> to break that verbal tick, you guys. I'm going to. I'm not going to say it anymore. Um, but this is another one of those places where you have to use the magic. So you're using Quake. To uh, crack this turtle open and get to the treasure inside, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then when you get in there, uh, it's it's kind of weird because there's a little uh, telepath tile where Sir uh, like straight up says like if you don't have any magic potion, you might want to like take care of that dog because this isn't going to yeah. be the way to like this is. And they do that. They do that in the ice dungeon too. Okay, um, mm-hmm. but didn't stop me from getting to the without <laughs> enough magic. Um, but they at least give you the heads up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also where they introduce those laser eyes. 
in the in the walls. Oh, oh yeah, and like, yeah. Which those those things are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just super creepy, mm-hmm. especially um, the ones that are above it. doors, like that that are yeah. the uh, you know the crazy transoms or whatever. Yeah, because you have to you have to go through them backwards. Mm-hmm. Like they don't uh, they, if you face them they'll shoot you. Yep. Um, until you get the the treasure for this mm-hmm. this dungeon, the mirror shield. Yeah. Which uh, cannot be eaten by pumpkins, and also <laughs> will everything. Yes, yeah. that's weird. So, so okay. So, it's the pumpkins that eat your shields here. Like, like likes don't show up in this. Dodongos don't show up in this. That's, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. It's not that weird. Like, the Dodongos and like likes aren't in Zelda two either. Huh. Like, one of the things to remember, and like, I've, this is an original point. I can't remember who I read who first said it, but like, up until this point, Zelda games weren't actually. A, you know, a regular thing. Yeah. Like yeah. every one of them was pretty different. And then this is the one that is like, okay, this is what a Zelda game is. And then they remake it over and over and over pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you do a lot of the same things, but up until this point, like this has some, some similarities with Zelda one, but it plays pretty differently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the boss here. Trinex. Trinex. Which is three necks. The three-headed dragon guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, what was the dragon in uh, Final Fantasy VII where one hand or one head did uh, did ice and the other head did uh, did fire? Schizo or schizoid or yeah. 21st century schizoid man? or yeah. Schizoid dragon, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, he's an elemental boss. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that he's an elemental boss and the uh, ice wand up until this point is yeah. optional. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit frustrating. Like, uh, I've never gotten here without the ice wand, but I wonder if you could ether it or something. Hmm. I mean, an easy way to figure that out. Like, if you looked at a non-glitch speed run of this, do they do they pick up the the ice wand? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember. I watched uh, non-glitch speed runs of it, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um. Oh, just but, running up and trying to use the the lantern. Yeah, well, you have the fire wand. You have to get the fire wand because oh, you need yeah, it for yeah. the previous dungeon. But ice mm-hmm. wand is totally optional. Yeah, along with uh, the cape that uh, turns you invisible and the uh, the wand that makes the energy beams spin around you. The invincibility, the two invincibility items. Yeah, the cane of burna. Yeah, cane of burna and the uh, the cloak. Yeah, the cloak. Yeah, that cloak yeah, is very really useful. You need the ice rod. I just looked it up. Apparently, you can't beat it without the ice rod. Huh. Well, well, well. Yeah, well, they, they, it seems like that should have been a, a dungeon item then. Yeah, you know, or at least you know a telepathic warning that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. if you don't don't have an ice rod. Yeah. Yeah, don't go. You don't want to do Turtle Rock again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no. Like, oh God. Yeah. You know what? I think I had to. I think that I did at one point have to warp out of it. Hmm. Yeah. Yipes. And this was, I fell asleep in the middle of Turtle Rock last night, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but playing playing it in my bed, you know, just. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a mess. Um, but no, I play playing it in my bed and it's like, woke up the battery on my little emulation machine was dead. And it's like, ah, oh, crap. So I, to, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back through it. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Um, luckily, yeah, the next dungeon's right close. True. It's like literally next door. Yeah. Also, luckily you have Zelda. She's the seventh maiden. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that you've gotten all the maidens, you can get in again in the tower mm-hmm. and uh, and fuck him up <laughs> um, in the biggest, most complicated and the final dungeon of the game. Right. Like there's a boss after this, but this is the last dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, 
And like yeah. any good Final Dungeon, it is it is an effective you know quiz. Like I, I think that it throws everything you've seen before back at you, mm-hmm. and it requires kind of the like the the largest vocabulary of like items and uh, you know techniques or tricks. Um, oh that yeah, I, that I've seen right. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like little remix things. Like even in the the boss rushes that you're doing, you know, they they mix them up. So like, oh, you fought the Armos Knights. What if you're on an ice floor when you do this? You know, they do things like that. Like they mix. Yeah. It is really just kind of a, a pop potpourri of like everything that you've done until this point. Yeah, which is which is really cool. Like it is it is very nice to do like one very large, complicated final exam mm-hmm. for the game. Yeah, and also yeah. you know like you the, the the bosses that you're fighting are all the light world bosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With those little extra twists, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the you know the item that you get here is just the red mail, which is the which is the full armor, um, which is which is useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and not for very much longer. <laughs> exactly. Well, gee, yeah. thanks. Like if you're going around to like, <laughs> like clean up any of the clean up any of the other stuff, and uh, and and like like you know the rest of the bosses, you know the the, the final boss of this dungeon is uh, it's it's Aghanim again, except this time he has his little like fake versions. Yeah, but that doesn't matter too much because like you're still just attacking the projectiles. Well, it's the, the interesting because they stagger them. Like mm-hmm. the two fake ones will shoot the projectiles, you know, a little bit before the real one will. Mm-hmm. So reflecting those back, you'll still be in a recovery animation when the real one throws his thing, and that's right. the idea. Behind them, but oftentimes you could reflect the fake ones back at the real Aghanim. Yeah, and I actually think it's a there's a little bit of a like they start in sync and then they get out of sync as it goes. Oh, yeah. interesting. Kind of how it seemed while I was playing on the last time. I kind now I want to recheck on that. But, um, <laughs> I, I think I noticed because it was too, there is there is drift. Yeah, because like as it was going on, I was hitting the fake ones towards the real one much more than I was at the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, but, but uh, super obvious which one is the real one, which is handy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. not the one that's not transparent. Yeah, the yeah, exactly, all, the one all that's the solid is worshiping. Real. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you. So you uh, after you beat him, the uh, <laughs> you just get carried out of here, you <laughs> yeah. know, because you have to go into the pyramid and the bird, your little bird buddy, mm-hmm. who has been, you know, like your your duck friend that's been more or less you know useless this whole time. Or not use you useful, but <laughs> yeah. You know, a little dorky uh, crashes through the top of this pyramid and creates a vaguely bird-shaped <laughs> opening in the top of it. Yeah, to the, the final boss. Well, what's funny is like, and, you know, Agadim, surprise, surprise. Oh, that's Ganon. Eh. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you, you don't kill him. He turns into a bat and then flies away. Oh, that's what that <laughs> yeah, is. That's, yeah. yeah, that's well, what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I mean, your bird shows up in the wrong world and picks you up. <laughs> yeah. He must have stumbled into a portal or something. Yeah, <laughs> that one they didn't uh, rope off. Exactly. <laughs> in the park. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of because mm-hmm. I knew he showed up. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, then you then you can you have Ganon available to you. You can go get optional items. You have to go get the uh, the silver arrows mm-hmm. um, unless you're a crazy speedrunner. And yeah. uh, you know, but it's good to fill up on potions and and all that jazz. Yeah. Are there any like? Uh, overworld kind of beats we want to hit before we before we talk about uh, Ganon and the and the ending. Hmm. Because there's like, and there's also there's like little mini games and stuff that then we talked about, but most of them are like guessing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one way or another. Yeah, so we mentioned the shooting mini game. Mm-hmm. There's the the chest opening mini game where you get two at a time. Mm-hmm. And then the digging for treasure um for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um and actually so apparently both on both of those people have checked 
and it is not randomly generated when you enter the room. Um, it is just a random chance each time you open something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't do like save state and figure out, okay, which of these chests is it in? Yeah. It'll always be a one in whatever chance, which makes them super infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're a completionist at all, like those are really obnoxious. Yeah. I had very good luck with those this run through. Like I ended up getting on the second try for both the digging one and the, uh, the open two chest. Yeah. One. But in the past, I've, you know, gone through the whole game without getting them. No problem. I ignored them the entire time for this playthrough, so I never yeah. did that. Yeah. 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 Which is a, a perfectly, you know, it's a perfectly fine thing not to 100% it. Mm-hmm. Um, for this playthrough, I didn't end up actually getting the two invincibility items. Oh. Um, like, I just got to the end, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and beat it. I know I could go explore for those things, but I forgot where they were. Yeah. Um, and I've hence looked them up, but just I, I love that optional content. Yeah. You know, we talked about that all the time. Well, I love that they're, like, for the the cloak, it's like, okay, there's this room you can't get past otherwise mm-hmm. uh, to get uh, a heart. And then it's like, I don't know how you're going to figure out running it, using the Pegasus shoes to run into a grave to open it up. <laughs> yeah. Get the cloak. Um, but so, like, I think as a kid, it was something I just did by dumb luck. Um, but, yeah, some of that stuff. It's neat that there is kind of that optional piece where, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably a hint hidden somewhere in the game, but it's not in any way super obvious. Right. Yeah. What, what, what's weird about the about getting the cloak is you can actually get it much earlier than I think they intend for you to because you don't need to mm. you know get a get a huge running start in order to be going full speed enough to yeah. like, knock that over that 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 grave has some dark stones in front of it so I think they intend for you to get the titan mitt in yeah. order to lift those away and then just run at them from there but you can get behind it and then around in front of it and then just do the do the dash there and get it. Um, and that mm-hmm. makes that makes some dungeons easier. Just if like I don't want to deal with the projectiles here, or like if there are spike floors that you're trying to get over, that is the way to uh, that is the way to get around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Ganon, um, when you when you drop through the top of this this pyramid, he delivers a little bit of a villain speech, and uh, you're at the final boss of the game, which is kind of like a, a you know stacks up some gimmicks on you. Um, initially he's just kind of teleporting around with his trident, um, you know, throwing it at you. But eventually when he, he says something like, I will engulf you in dark power, some nonsense like that. See, see and, if you uh, can figure <laughs> out the secret of my power of darkness. And then he just blows <laughs> the torches out. Yeah. <laughs> the secret of my power of darkness is that there's no light. Um, you know, the secret of the, the power of darkness in my bathroom when I wake up in the middle of the night, like figure out that secret once a day. Um, so you just have to you have to use the fire rod to light up the uh, all of the torches, not just one of them. Like one of them will make him visible, but lighting up all of them will make him corporeal. And then uh, you hit him with the sword and hit him with an arrow in rapid succession. Mm-hmm. And that and that does it for Ganon. He's not too tough. Like he does a lot of damage, even with uh, all the various jerkins you've collected at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, kind of figuring out. So having you know two, or having four kind of full health, full magic potions is very useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. It's also never gives me too much trouble. So something that he does, and like I, I, I haven't died to him, but I have. Uh, I did earlier today twice. Get knocked into the edge because like at a certain point he, you know, gets rid of the floor around the edges, and like he can just knock you in there, and you go into like the like the unused basement, and there's a telepathy tile that just explains, yeah, you you need the silver arrows. And I was like, yeah, please. But then when <laughs> you get back, you just start back at the beginning. <laughs> so it's mm. like, oh shit, I have to go refill on fairies and potions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those little like trade routes. Like you figure out, you know, where I need to go to get, 
you know, potions and more. I mean, potions are obvious, but mm-hmm. you figure out where you need to go to uh, to get fairies. Yeah. Like, what are the easiest ones that are closest to teleportation places and uh-huh. yeah. et cetera? Yeah. yeah. And here it's always, you know, just right next to Link's house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's Ganon. Yeah. That is yeah. Ganon. And uh, you get the Triforce. And you, uh, you know, you can make a wish, and you pretty much wish to undo everything. <laughs> like you, you just wish good things for all the people of the world, and you get a, a very charming, like a, an ending sequence. This game I, I've always really loved, and, and still I think holds up, where it does that kind of uh, like reverse, you know, ending credits, ending libretto kind of thing, where we just kind of go through all the different people we've met and places we've been, and shows us uh, them in happier times, set to affecting music. Um, similar to what uh, Final Fantasy VI does. Right. And it's just like little scenes, like it pans across it and you see, you know, just kind of this, uh, this like tableau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've yeah. got the, the vultures, which are happily gnawing on the mysterious man, um, who I think was Blind's partner. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy, yeah. he, he's yeah. the guy you can take the, the, the locked chest to and he opens it up because he's a, he's a master, uh, uh, you know, lock master locksmith. Yeah. Who's standing next to a sign that says, pay no attention to this man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, that's the hardest bottle to get. That's an obscure mm-hmm. puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I didn't get it this the time. Vultures, the vultures are ruling over the desert, including <laughs> yeah. that guy. Yeah. He's their one subject. He's their, he's their, they're his landlord. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, every, everybody's okay. The village is still good. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, all the wilderness areas are reclaimed by the wilderness. All the, your, uncle, the, your uncle is magically not dead. <laughs> yep, he recovers. Uh, the old man is still lost on a mountain. The bully who was beating up the Kirby has warped back into the real world <laughs> to beat up on the other guy. Yeah, this <laughs> so. is something like bully finds a friend. But he but finds him the same now. way like I find something to eat. Or like <laughs> I find, like you know, I want to go, God, I need something to punch. Like, you know, find something. <laughs> <laughs> he does find him. Yeah. best now, though. He likes to, you know, punch him on the shoulder occasionally. Yeah, make him feel bad about it. How so. do you know that it's not like a BDSM thing? Come on, Gary, don't kink shame. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. I try to be more sex positive about Zelda <laughs> in general. <laughs> so, what would Dad and Savage say about the ending of yeah. Um <laughs> And. Uh, the Master Sword is returned to the forest forever! <laughs> exclamation mark! It says, "Yeah, which is great." Mm-hmm. Yep, and then you actually see the credits, which again has very gentle music, which is playing right now under us talking about the ending, probably, <laughs> um, just to remind everybody of it. <laughs> and that's uh, that's linked to the past. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. this game. It, this game feels so. The thing with the 3D, I talked about it a little bit as far as pacing, but I like the way it feels better than the 3D ones, and I just like how actiony it is. Like I feel like there's always something to do. Yeah. In this game, in the 3D Zeldas, there are large stretches where there's just nothing. Yeah. You know, and, like in Ocarina of Time, I definitely feel like I've run into like, oh, go talk to these five people and bring this guy a bomb and then play someone else a song and. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more of that kind of like just moving around. Uh, kind of quest structure and the fact that it has that the dungeons have that more permanence to them means that the puzzles end up being a little bit sprawlier which means that the critical parts are further apart from each other the critical pieces and they don't fill in those gaps oftentimes because it would be annoying to start up a puzzle and then go into a room and finish it and have to fight a bunch of things between there 
but it means that I don't always have something to do. And like yeah. the, the way that I think this game succeeds where that game doesn't is that I always feel engaged on like a kinetic level. You know, the entire time I'm sitting down, like I am moving things around and hitting things and having fun the whole time. It's maybe not engaging my brain in the same way um, as that, but it is engaging my like sense of play in a much stronger sense mm-hmm. than any of the 3D Zelda games have for me. And that's helped out because, yep. you know, this is this is an economy of screens, right? The majority of what you're doing, the you know, they, they had to intentionally design it to, you know, like like what can fit on a screen. And so that is the mm-hmm. discrete unit of this, as opposed to composing this, you know, large 3D environment that did have kind of that that that, that ability to sprawl. You know, here mm-hmm. when you know, here when you have to, you know, go from one place to the other, you know, in order to like, you know, whenever a puzzle extended beyond two screens, like it was it was very much done on purpose and it was an exception to the rule. And so that right. did help, you know, with kind of the micro pace of it. Like you like you know, I'm going to be on a screen and my solution to this is likely going to be right here as well. Mm-hmm. So kind of, kind of move, you know, along with that point of uh, them being discrete rooms is I feel like this is one of the things I love about this, and it's kind of hard to explain, is that like it's unapologetically gamey. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, the the levels almost feel like like the when you look down onto a dungeon, um, the way that it kind of does the perspective of showing the walls and everything creates a border around the play area that you know feels like playing with your toys or playing with uh, you know a board game or something like that. And there aren't really concessions made to simulating anything or realism or anything like that in this game. Like, it is very, you know, it has that kind of cartoony, gamey sense to it uh, across the whole board. And, like, you know, I say all the time, like, this is a, a tired point for for me. But, like, I'm a real games, you know, game, it's okay for games to be games kind of guy. Yeah. Like, I don't want things to necessarily be more realistic or more like another medium. Like, I don't need, you know things to be more like a movie for it to be good like i am i'm interested in things just being a game and this is like the the i you know ocarina of time is obviously a game it doesn't look like you know but having the 3d space and everything having these kind of larger more realistically proportioned villages and everything like are all moving in that direction which is fine like i can i can appreciate that sometimes but for this kind of old experience like this kind of arcadey nintendo-y you know feel-based experience i like that it is like proudly wears the fact that it's a game on its on its sleeve, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, um, and even like the later 3D Zeldas, I feel far. I feel that they fall into that. You know, they're trying to not just be a game, but also be, you know have more of this storytelling experience that maybe they they don't need. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a slog just to get Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword even started. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, tutorial aside, even just the like. Okay, start to set up the story, get it get it moving in some way. Whereas, you know, thinking about Link to the Past, it throws you right into the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God, Link Between Worlds does the same thing. Yeah. Um, when, when you, that's really what I want. When you got your mechanics right, like you you can afford to dispense with the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And and this yeah. does the, you know, the, 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 the this can lean entirely on you know it is fun to press buttons and see things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like I, it's not like I don't think there's a place for more than that. Like obviously no, yeah. I do. Like there are tons of games I like where there are more of it, but I don't think that's a good fit for Zelda. Mm-hmm. You know, um, personally, like it just doesn't. You know, those later Zeldas, like I, you know, I like uh, the Nintendo sixty four ones. I kind of straight up don't like the the Wii <laughs> Zelda. It's like I don't think those are very good games. Yeah, um, and the uh, uh, you know, so the 
there's a place for it. It's just not in, in this franchise for me, right. you know? So, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, super, super good. Agree? Disagree? <laughs> Comment. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. Segue? Yeah, do you understand? It's terrible. I don't not like it at all. <laughs> not at all. Nothing positive um, to say about it. It's this. garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be a real twist. My childhood <laughs> ruined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see you guys in, in, you know, a year and a half when we do Super Metroid. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, give it similar amounts of praise for different reasons. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so that about wraps it up. Um, Gary, what are we doing next time? Uh, next time we are doing Deadly Premonition as part of our Wolf series, which is our looks at modern modern games. I am question mark percentage the way through it because time doesn't <laughs> seem to pass as I'm playing up. I'm trying to get ahead and, and get through it, but I have no idea where I'm at or where things are going. It is really a contentious. Uh, it is a subversive, contentious game. Right. I think. But, um, you know, interesting. Like, it's not boring. <laughs> so. Yep. We're going to be joined by Bob Mackey of Retronauts on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. My friend and yours. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we're going to be doing um, uh, another Kickstarter request, um, which is Blade Runner. Indeed. Yeah, the 1997 PC game. Uh, the Westwood uh, one, uh, just to, to, to give like kind of a peek behind the curtain. We've already recorded that episode, um, and we like it a lot. And we uh, are going to be looking for your responses. So if you have any thoughts on Blade Runner, go ahead and uh, submit those through the usual channels. Yeah, so we've recorded the episode, but we haven't recorded the, uh, the listener participation par- portion. Right. So that avenue is still open. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we're doing another special. It's just kick- the winter of Kickstarter. <laughs> um, doing another Kickstarter special. Um, this time without a guest, though. We are doing um, one of our kind of special topics uh, episodes, and we're doing it about uh, hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, so game hardware. So we'll, we're going to hammer down the kind of the table of contents for that, um, you know, a little bit closer to. But we're going to talk about controllers and systems, you know, the kind of special technology that makes games and uh, some games where specifically the hardware kind of is the game. Right. So yep. and, it's, uh, in, it's just going to be a bonfire side chat ask exploration of gyromite. <laughs> so it's real zoomed in screen by screen. <laughs> who's, who's edit is that? Uh, that is mine. That's yours. Okay. I'm going to mention gyromite so I can trick you into putting in the music. Okay. Um, cause you the gyro might music. You could ask me to like put music yeah. in. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just <laughs> Brad, I'm not talking yes. to Cole right now. Can you please tell Cole to add the music from gyro might? <laughs> um, she's tearing me apart. <laughs> Don't make me choose. Yeah. It's not your fault, Brad. Yeah. Cole and I both very, very much love you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, the music for gyro might is great. Yeah. And that yeah, about what were we talking about other than Tyromite? <laughs> Hardware. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. fixated. And, you know, that's, that's our... You guys going to have an episode on Gyromite? <laughs> <laughs> that's our rumors that's, get started. That's the takeaway. <laughs> that's our usual three ahead. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, Brad, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, is there is there anywhere where, where people can catch you? Is there anything that you want to, uh, you know, use use this moment, this pedestal to pin? Oh God, this is my moment. Um, uh, I have a Twitter. No one follows me, um, so there's that. I guess. Um, <laughs> what is it? Prove him wrong. We'll follow you. Um, and so that's uh, at at bread carry. It's bread, not bread. Uh, B-R-E-A-D. <laughs> like the food. C a r e y. Uh, yes, exactly. Because um, my name gets mistaken for bread a lot. Huh. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. because Bradley is an uncommon <laughs> name. I actually, yeah, it's, it's a thing that happens. So, uh, and Brad Curry was taken uh, by a doppelganger or something. Uh, so, um, Fred Curry on Twitter. Um, I tend to currently, I just mostly post cat pictures. So delightful. But who knows what else will show? I will. I will. I will look at the fuck at some cat pictures. Boy, howdy. Um, <laughs> it's been amazingly quiet this whole time. So it's... <laughs> oh, my cat. No, yeah. well, my cat's actually. Oh, but... our cats, yeah. Well, they, they could have their own little separate podcasts going on if they would have. Did other. you say podcasts? Yeah. I did say podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted, wanted to the, make sure uh, you didn't get away with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine's sleeping. Um, That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brad. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you again for for uh, supporting us through the Kickstarter and also for suggesting this game and joining us. Well, thank you for giving me uh, hours of entertainment to get me through uh, my work days. <laughs> happy, happy to do it. Very happy. So, cool. so yeah. this, this has been a really long um, episode. Why don't we truncate the admin? Yeah, yeah. Um, go to duckfeed.tv for to find ways to support us or to listen to our other shows. Yes. Um, you want to How's that for trunk? <laughs> if you want to participate in the conversation, it is duckfeed.tv slash contact for any thoughts on those games we said are coming up or also uh, facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs uh, where people uh, talk to us and we post interesting links uh, such as that uh, Satellaview Zelda game. It is a mm-hmm. hip and happening place to be. Yep. And finally, um, you know, support uh, the people who are supporting us. Um, head on over to www.latchkeykingdom.com and uh, check out this very charming Zelda-inspired webcomic. Well worth your time. Go there. Do it. <laughs> yep. And until then, uh, Brad, what can they watch out for? Watch out for Fire Rut. <laughs> watch out for... <laughs> there you go. For, for listeners of this podcast, I recommend Hyrule Historia. It's just, you know, uh, Ben Kingsley describing pictures for three hours, but the, uh, it, it is delightful. That's not true. Um, but, no. Yeah. So, okay, we, we paid the bills. Okay. <laughs> An hour of that is probably trying to explain the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? <laughs> Well, it, like you've heard, you've heard the, uh, the 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 story about ice uh, ice tea, yeah, ice tea uh, being <laughs> being brought in to uh, to to record a D and D book. Yeah, yeah, which is wonderful. Yeah, that is a great idea. One one thing about ice tea, Paul Tompkins does a funny impersonation of ice tea. Yeah. Another comedian who does a funny impersonation of him called Paul F. Tompkins pretending to be Ice T <laughs> and calling him out for make, doing impersonation, and it's it's incredible. <laughs> like, it's really really funny. Yeah.
Uh, that well, sounds amazing. It's it's well worth well worth time. 